Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Rulo. It is Tuesday, September 1st, 2015, and we are here for episode 12. Every week, I'm very surprised. <laughs> one more episode. We have a very full table today and a very, very special guest that we're happy to share with everyone, uh, Mr. Jim Savard, author of Hellion. Jim, how are you today? Good, thanks. I'm uh, very happy to have you on the, the show today. We're going to go into uh, his comic book, Hellion, um, and talk about a lot of our favorites, current favorites, um, past favorites, and maybe get into those comic book movies a little bit that just seem to be so popular these days, I just don't know why. Are they? Are they popular? They're, they're, I haven't noticed. They've only been the top like 20 movies in the past every single year, literally every comic book movie that comes out. I mean, even Ant-Man is at almost 400 million this year. Ant-Man was really good. It I was. enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I agree. Thoroughly. Good. I'm glad. Strongly agree. Two voices. Did you see Ant-Man? Yes. It was a good movie. Good. All better right. than I better than I anticipated. Okay, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those two voices here right now are uh, Aris. <clears throat> you almost said Aris Moyo. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, bro. Mr. Love Goldberg. is love. <laughs> yeah. It's me and Victor. That's that's not the kind of relationship yeah. we had. That's good. <laughs> 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 now that we judge, and uh, Mr. Carl Bird, guys, how are we today? We good, man. I'm fantastic, man. We are surrounded by all sorts of nerd goodness, and uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, a we, utopia for nerds. True story. Uh, and uh, Mr. Victor Tejeda. Oh, I'm just kidding. Victor Moyo. Victor, <laughs> tell everyone where we are today. Yes, we are live at Rococo's Collectibles. Shout out to Reagan Hurst, who uh, provided this wonderful nerd space for all of us. And uh, just a, it's a comics cornucopia over here. This place is amazing. This <laughs> place is really amazing. I walked in, and I, you just keep walking farther and farther and farther and farther, and it just continues going, and it grows. And I go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, the, the stimulus just keeps getting higher. Yeah, and higher. yeah. Like I'm sweating, but it's not because of the heat. It, uh, it's really weird. And you're probably gonna hear my voice just drift off throughout the episode because my head just keeps turning to continue looking at everything. So I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's yeah. going to overdraw on their bank account today. <laughs> yeah, especially if you haven't been to a good old-fashioned comic shop in a while, uh, please please come down. Support. Yeah. You, you know we love supporting our local businesses here. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, there's no there's no better cause. Just uh, come down, show Reagan some love, spend your money. I know I do. I never leave here. I think you already bought something. We've only been here like 10 minutes. I can't help myself. There's so much good stuff. He's so good. You just talk to him. He makes some awesome recommendations. I'll be talking about some stuff he recommended for me today. That's awesome. And he is really good about finding you, you know, back issues and stuff like that. Man, he's got inventory. He's got inventory for days. You have no idea. (laughs) Listen, all I know is Reagan moves product. (laughs) He's got the good stuff, that's for sure. And some of the bad stuff, if you like that, too. Uh, Jim, how long have you been coming here? Oh, seven, eight years now. Nice. Oh, nice. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I know Carl, you've been coming here for a while, too. I used to come here as a kid. Wow. And then I kind of fell off on a comic book scene. You know, shame on me. And then a buddy of mine just brought me over here. And I'm like, Ron Cogos, I used to come here when I was, like, a kid. When my sister used to... Dance at the dance studio next yeah. door when they were on Chalkstone Ave. Oh, that's, yeah. that's cheating. I had a, that's cheating. That's not fair for. I had my sister's dance studio had like a major video next to it. I mean, you guys could read the back of the. Well, major video wasn't stuff. that bad. <laughs> you guys go back and read like the back covers of the movies and stuff, but I much prefer a comic book store. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, this place is great. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Beats the hell out of Newberry Comics. Yeah, I'll I was going to say Toothless Hobo status. I mean, <laughs> as much as I appreciate them and everything they do, I. I'm getting really distracted. You have to. You have to keep me. <laughs> you guys have to keep me in line today because this is bad. If you hear yeah. this, that's Maurice. Get <laughs> yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Get back in the bit. Oh man! So just um, 
uh, this is gonna be our, as you can tell, our comic book episode. Uh, we're talking about our uh, favorites that we're currently reading. We got a couple on the uh, table here. We're gonna go around, um, you know, have a good discussion about what everything's, uh, what everyone's been reading uh, lately. And uh, again, I'm distracted. Uh, Jim, what have you been reading lately? Well, um, Baltimore by uh, Dark Horse. Okay. Fantastic story. Um, Christopher Golden and Mike Mignola from Hellboy. Oh, okay. Uh, the writers yeah. love it. Um, so that that's my favorite right now. Um, I also read um, Southern Cross by Image, which is a fantastic book. Becky Cloonan mm-hmm. wrote it, and Andy Belanger is the artist. And it's 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 new. It's only like on issue four or five. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then for for DC, I love Deathstroke. Oh, I love Deathstroke, Deathstroke so much. And Tony Daniel is knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, he I is so doing long. such a fantastic job with it. And then the Justice League. Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a really interesting recent few pass uh, yeah. comics with the the chair and all that. Yeah. You can't you can't lose with that. Um, and then for Marvel, I'd say I'm doing Secret Wars. I'm looking forward to uh, the new Doctor Strange coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm a big yeah, Doctor nice. Strange fan, so we'll see. I mean, DC and Marvel are in a, a flux right now. They got a lot of books coming, going. Yep. You don't know which one's staying. You don't know which one's leaving. And so, I think that's the main problem that a lot of people have with comics is just uh-huh. keeping up on everything and they have so much and they have so many stories interjecting and then you have the big secret wars for Marvel and then Convergence for DC. I mean, I know me personally, I have no idea what's happening in Convergence yeah, at I, all. I skipped on I'm a big DC guy yeah. and I was so disappointed with what they were doing. Yeah. And even now, Batman... He's like wearing a bunny rabbit suit. I mean, it's like it's like a metal robot suit, but when you look at him, he looks like a rabbit. It's, oh, it's, oh, wow. We've discussed Jim Gordon Batman. I'm, I'm a little yeah. disappointed with that. Uh, and You know, it's, I've been reading Batman a long time, so it's kind of sad that this chapter is so down um, for that. But. Uh, have you been... Because I know they've had the same uh, team since the beginning of the New 52. Has that been steadily down? or No. Capullo okay. and um, Snyder have been Snyder, doing a yep. fantastic job with it. But after Convergence, it was just like, nothing good came out of Convergence, basically. I can't, you know. See, I had a conversation about Convergence with Reagan. And again, I, I didn't read anything about Convergence either. It, it all sounded very dumb. And <laughs> the, the thing that he kept coming back to is the fact that it just seemed that DC didn't have their big event planned. Like, they, they, it was kind of a reaction to the fact that Marvel had Secret Wars coming out. So they're like, oh my god, Marvel has something coming out. We'd better put out something too, or we're going to just look behind the, you know, behind the curve here. Um, and that's kind of where they just went wrong, whereas Secret Wars was planned months, if not years, ahead of time, and Marvel kind of has a roadmap planned for this stuff. Did Marvel, Marvel built up to it. you got to remember, DC was also moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah. So how do you move your whole company from one end of the States to the other end mm-hmm. and plan this huge event? Like, it showed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was disappointing. Hmm. A for effort, I think. <laughs> no, doesn't sound like it. I just love DC so. A much. for panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. that sounds completely fair from everything I've heard about Convergence. Yeah. That's that sounds right. My but. my favorite superhero is Hawkman. I mean, I live, breathe, and die Hawkman. Really? So, I, yeah. DC is DC, that's why DC is my favorite. Yeah. I love Hawkman. What got you into the Hawkman? Because um, a lot of people feel like Batman. Like, oh, I watched the animated series back in the nineties. Super Friends. Okay. When I was a kid, <laughs> and. Uh, just so, so I, I've always been, you know, a big DC guy because of Hawkman, because mm-hmm. you know all the crossovers, you meet all the characters. But 
even even like he's pushed off to the side, they're doing their thing, and it just seems like DC is like directionless. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, that's there. Yeah, and I know um, that you see that, that that's kind of a damning comment to me for a company that just rebooted their entire universe not that long ago. Like New Fifty Two was supposed to be them hitting the reset button to bring in all new readers and kind of get everybody not caught up but started again it was it was kind of you know that that's the way i took the new 52 anyway and I'm, i think that's how everybody that's how it was meant to be taken um it was to be like that, that was kind of their version of the ultimate universe but that was their their main universe right they just kind of hit reset on everything they were doing and hey here's a new 52 let's do it didn't touch so much on batman batman stayed the same they mm-hmm. that continuity seemed to just flow okay but but they did reboot a lot of things a lot of new looks a lot of things changed. I mean, I can understand you'd want to update stuff. Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna reboot, like you said, and redirect and change, you got to have the stones to to change. Why not change some of the villains? Why does Why did Batman's Rogue Gallery stay who they were? Why did the Flashes? Why not take the Penguin and make him the Teen Titans arch enemy? Why not Ooh, take cool. Killer Croc and give him to Flash and give Batman Gorilla Grodd why not mix it up like that they didn't have the guts to do it they mm-hmm. stayed safe all they did their big thing was changing costumes you know that's a, that's a pretty that's a that's fair gr- point I, I feel like Marvel <laughs> does that a lot more than DC does it's kind of like their villains kind of stay in one universe I, I, yeah I never thought of that actually that would have been pretty cool like I feel like Spider-Man and Daredevil kind of share a lot of their rogues gallery a little bit and that kind of thing, but I don't see that happen as much. Like, Batman and Superman have virtually no villains that are common enemies to them, and I, I get it, you know, different powers, all that stuff, but, you know, the, the Joker can't get a ride to Metropolis real quick. <laughs> That's what Injustice exactly. is all built off of, True, yeah. was Joker messing with Batman. Yeah, but uh, DC doesn't do it. It looks like it takes a third-party, you know, yeah, company yeah, to yeah, come yeah. out and yeah. do something like that with their villains and stuff, but yeah. um, that's actually a pretty good point. Cause I, I know I started with the, uh, we're just going to let you talk for two hours. We're just going to stay quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be the way to go, I think. Because um, um, I started reading a lot of it with the new 52, and I, when I saw that they were converging everything again, I was kind of annoyed. I'm like, you just did this. Why are you doing it again? That's, that seems to be a bit excessive. Oh, dear uh, God, Secret Wars, we got to do something. <laughs> right, it's now, that's, crazy. Now, Convergence is now there's DCU. Yeah. Well, they're, they're restarting again, sort of. Really? They're not. They're not starting off at one, but now they're going. Their new logo is DCYOU. DCU. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, huh. I think I saw, I think so. I saw some of that. Yeah. Okay, mm. So is that a separate thing from their main continuity? No, they're just what? they're just just folding it into that. So it's no longer the new Fifty Two. It's, it's, it's yeah, now ditching DCU. The, yeah, they're ditching. Well, how yeah. long can you be the new Fifty Two? Yeah, they're getting rid of like, the tagline no for new. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know they're getting rid of the tagline huh. of the, the new Fifty Two to get away from that a little bit, but um. And I love, I've always been a DC guy myself. Um, I actually recently really got, I'm going to start reading Arrow, mostly because of the show. Um, but it's interesting to, see, to hear Hawkman, because you know, I never have heard outside of, you know, the main, main guys. Uh, but that's cool. Does he have a, a, a line for 52? No, he's, he was with um, the Justice League, was it, which one was it? Justice League America, and then mm-hmm. that's gone. Mm-hmm. So he just makes appearances here and there. Yeah. So he had a, a book. Tony Daniels was writing it, and then a couple other people joined in. Ironically, Rob Liefeld mm-hmm. wrote wrote for it. And as bad an artist as Liefeld was, he really told some good stories. He mm-hmm. he, he should quit quit 
quit drawing and just write. <laughs> he did a really good... As a Hawkman fan, he did it justice, so I was kind of impressed. Nice. Cool. Now, is there anything else, Eve? I mean, I know we you went straight into the comics talk, but... Yeah. I mean, we, we like to go into... What else are you... Any movies that you want to talk about? I don't know if you're a gamer or not. I'm not but, a know, gamer. A little uh, bit of... You know, we talk about a little bit of everything around here, so if there's anything that you've been up to lately that you want to chit chat about as well you can throw that on the on the docket as well there well I'm, I'm sure i'm like you guys he brought up arrow i'm we're watching my son and i we watch arrow uh the flash nice. gotham um, my son just met um robin lawn taylor at the boston con the penguin nice. from gotham oh, oh wow and he he's, was, he's like the best actor on that show yes he is and he was so gracious and so wonderful mm-hmm. and uh he was really cool my son's 12 so he was you <laughs> know nice. dealing with him and you know, talking to him, asking him questions, and it wasn't like a, I have to ask you questions. I wanna, I wanna ask you questions. So he was, he was really nice. That's cool. That is cool. No, were you there as uh, representing Hellion, or yes. were you just? Oh, nice. Yeah, I was, I was set up with for issue three of Hellion and the other two, obviously, but um, it was a great show. And what was good was we had the where we were located, all the celebrities were walking by us. So it was like Elvira, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Haley Atwell. Um, uh, Billy, T- Billy, what's her name? Billy, the girl from um, Doctor Who. Billy, oh, the, the girl, the blonde. Doctor Who, I do not watch I Doctor can't Who. <laughs> she was, she was there too. Um, so you, you know, you watch all the celebrities walk by, and hats off to Haley Atwell because she walked by when she first got there, no makeup, just in regular street clothes, and you know, she just walked by. It wasn't like she was trying to cover herself up. She wasn't rushing, and then she came by. You know, half an hour later, fully, you know, made it, made up, looking beautiful. But nice. good for her for you know being seen in public like that. So I do have to watch Agent Carter. That's one of the all the t- all the Marvel besides the Daredevil, yeah, which I I've watched immediately. <laughs> yeah, there are ABC shows. I need to catch up on all that stuff because I really want to watch everything that's in that cinematic universe. See, I kind of fell out on Gotham, man. That show lost me. I know because it's going back on. It's going to be on Netflix. They said they're putting the whole first season on there, so I'm definitely going to catch up on that. It's worth it. Is it? It's actually on Hulu. It's actually on Hulu. Yeah. Because as the show goes on, uh, certain characters just get better, and it's kind of like you're 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 seeing the creation of of Gotham, Mm -hmm. like Batman's Gotham. Um, So you see like how the Riddler becomes the Riddler. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of episodes, and he seemed pretty cool. Like the progression of that character, the Riddler, the Penguin was really cool. I don't like the guy who plays um, Jim Gordon. I, I can't I can't get into him as Gordon. I, I just don't feel it from him. And I really dislike Fish Mooney. Like, that <laughs> character is terrible. Okay, well, ta- no, I don't want to... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Don't listen for the next... She's done this season. She's she's off. Oh, good. So One season, season two, no, no more she Jada Pinkett Smith. She may make an appearance down the line, but she's not... Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. That's great news. Okay, I might actually watch now. <laughs> because he doesn't have a mustache, is that why? He needs a mustache. Jim no, Gordon. he's supposed to be young Jim Gordon. I just That guy just doesn't do it for me as Jim Z. Gordon, man. But I don't think he's got that, uh, that you know, I don't know, that gravitas authority. Like, I don't know, man. Does Bullock do it for you? I think he... he oh, yeah. It. He's, he's really, really good. good. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, did you, absolutely. Did you see the episode with the uh, the circus episode when we meet the Graysons? Uh, yes. I saw what do you think about that one? I, I don't remember too much the of it, kid, that honestly. was the joke. That they're, they're hinting is the mm-hmm. joke. I thought that kid nailed it. It was like... I actually see... Like, from what I see, I had I never caught it, but my, my father actually keeps recommending me that I watch it. And, like, once I saw him in the commercial, I was like, oh, what? like, 
wow. Like, and then once he did the grin, you know, he's very pale. He has the red hair going on. I'm like, oh, this could, this could work. Hmm. This yeah, could he, work. He'd be, he'd be talking normal like this, and all of a sudden he'd be crazy <laughs> like this, and back to normal like this. And he wanted to kill her because, it, and it's like, wow. So he did. He really did a good job. So nice. if he, if he is going to be the Joker, spot on for them because that, that kid really was. It was impressive. Huh. You've convinced me. I'll definitely watch. Yeah, I think I am. The, cool. the fish Mooney news convinced me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just it was because I I understand like wanting to add a, their own characters, but um, just, I don't know if it's because yeah. Oh, sorry, I was, looking, I was looking at Invincible right there. Um, but uh, that's yeah. a cool cover. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, now I'm distracting it. But yeah, I think just I think I don't know if it was uh, because Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't know, but I wasn't feeling it. But I'll definitely give it's it a terrible try. character. Yeah. Like 1920s gangster wannabe Jada Pinkett. It was bad. Her dialogue. I like her. Oh, I yeah, usually yeah. like her as an actress, man. It was that. That was just a bad character, I think. So bad yeah. script, bad writing, bad character. So you haven't been watching Gotham. Right. What else you been doing? What else you been, what have you been reading? What you doing? What you reading? Comic book wise. Uh, a lot, actually. Like I said, uh, Reagan's got me in here coming and spending my whole paycheck <laughs> over here. <laughs> so, uh... Lately, I've been reading Saga. I don't know if uh, any of you guys have checked that out, but Saga is uh, really cool. I just got the first uh, trade paperback of that, the first run, and that's really interesting. That is a cool series, man. So uh, it's basically about uh, these th this planet and its moon that have been uh, at war for, what, centuries, it seems like? They've, they've been at war so long that... Basically, the home planet and the moon aren't even fighting anymore. They have outsourced the war to, like, proxies <laughs> and third parties. Um, so it's about these uh, th these two characters. Uh, one is a guard from the race from the main planet, and the other one is a prisoner from the, the moon planet. And uh, they end up actually... So she's, she's a good, the guard and the prisoner. They end up falling in love. Uh, and they escape, and basically the first book is them, uh, like, the book starts with her giving birth, hmm. which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, what? What's going on right now? Starts off with a bang, I see, huh? It yeah. definitely starts off with a bang. Um, so, uh, like I said, these two races absolutely cannot stand each other. They hate each other. So, needless to say, their child is uh, not welcome news, and they are then, uh, uh, bounty is placed on their heads, uh, and their child's head, and they are chased relentlessly through the galaxy by uh, assassins. Cool. Yes. Huh. Well, make a good movie. Really cool. <laughs> It takes place all over, you know, different planets, different universes, a lot of quirky, quirky characters, um, and it's just, uh, it's a really fantastic uh, book, man. I recommend it to anyone. Uh, just really well written. The art by Fiona Staples um, is fantastic, and... Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I can't get enough. you have any thoughts on Saga? You, you, you keep on nodding your head over there, Victor. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great book. Um, I especially love how profane it is. Oh, it's, it's, absolutely. Whoa, Vic. Oh, I, I, you it's, profane. Whoa. <laughs> um, it's a... Uh, I, there's a there's a there's a science fiction uh, fan website called IO9 which covers all sci-fi oh, yeah, yeah. news mm -hmm. that, yep. and they describe Saga as Star Wars for perverts. <laughs> 
And because because it, it, because it, it it sounds skeevy, but trust me, it's not. I mean, it's uh, it's Victor saying this, so you have to trust him. If it was one of us, I would say no, don't trust it's, me. It's definitely not skeevy. It's very well done. It is it's, profane. There yeah. is definitely nudity. There is, yeah. and not like I would not say the nudity is tastefully done. Some of it is very shocking. Yeah. But it's also just really cool. Like it's in your face, but it's also serves the purpose. Like yeah. if it's shocking, it's because it's meant to be. Yeah, it's it's not one of those try hard mm -hmm. um, attention grabbing type uh, situations. Exactly, it's, it's very well done. It's done with a lot of wit mm -hmm. and charm, and um, also there's plenty of great plenty of great characters in there too. Um, there's one in particular who's this uh, spider woman bounty hunter. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. the stalk, this the stalk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She is that character design i don't know how the hell they came up with that mm. the first time i saw her i i couldn't even wrap my head around what the hell i was looking at <laughs> like what what is happening here yeah and then one of the supporting characters is this is this ghost of this disembodied teenage girl like, yeah all, all you see is like her top half her lower <laughs> half was blown off when she was alive yeah and she happens to be like this uh spiritual guide slash advisor slash companion slash babysitter main, babysitter <laughs> to the main hero yeah, like she yeah she's got like yeah. so she's a specter her yeah. bottom half is gone but you see like all her entrails hanging out mm. of the bottom mm. that kind of stuff but she's a ghost because like uh, the explanation is on that specific planet if you die you get brought back as a specter uh, protector of the world. Oh, and she is not particularly happy about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she not does not day. like it. Now, this is normally what I would say, where do people come up with these ideas? But that's why we have Jim here, because we'll be asking him a little bit later. <laughs> Brian K. It's Brian K. Vaughn, man. That guy knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I'd that. That's, that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, um, that, that, that book is fantastic. I can't, cannot recommend that enough. Yep, and plus um, the fifth volume of the paperback is actually coming out this in a couple of weeks actually mm -hmm. so i'm definitely checking that out nice and that's an ongoing series yep yes uh, 30 uh, issue 30 something i think just came out 38 maybe yeah i believe so i saw it on the shelves here somewhere yeah. um yeah that that's that's really really cool mm -hmm. so definitely check that out guys uh if you get a chance come down to rock Hocos and pick <laughs> that up uh, I've also, uh, the, the two, uh, recommendations that, uh, Reagan, uh, gave me when I was here for the first time, actually, a couple of weeks back, actually, more than a month ago now, um, one is, uh, Strange Fruit, which is this really cool book, actually, it's right here on the shelf, I'm gonna scroll back here and, uh, grab it off the shelf here. I knew that was <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, by J.G. Jones and Mark Wade, and this is th so this is probably my favorite new thing that I've that I've read in a while. This is really really cool. So it's not your usual uh, sci. Well, it, it it does definitely have some sci-fi elements to it, um, but it's not your superhero or space. Uh, you know, try at least not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, space uh, comic book. So this takes place in 1927 America. Uh, and it takes place down south. So what's cool about it is, uh, you can hear Carl have a reaction already right off the bat, just mentioning 1920s America down south. Uh, obviously, there there is a uh, racist element, um, you know, that that's covered very well in this book. So you can kind of feel that uh, racial tension between, uh, you know, black black people uh, and white people. Obviously, um, for, for former uh, slaves or freed um, folk and whatnot um and and the uh the the white uh 
population around them. There's a there's a clan Klux Klan presence depicted in the book uh, fairly early on, um, and uh, it, the the art is just gorgeous. Like that thing is like a painting, man. So it, it it's, is JG Jones paint. I, th- I believe he paints all the panels. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. It is. I'm pretty sure he's. Dude, you, wow. you like you need to look at what that yeah, looks yeah. like, man. It is amazing. I get nervous when I see the tape there. It's amazing. <laughs> but like, it, you shoot laser beams out of his eyes. Amazing. No. So, no laser beam. So, basically, the story uh, develops, um, like, it's left on a big cliffhanger. Only one issue is out right now. Um, So, basically, like, there's this big flood that's happening, um, and, um, yeah, Mississippi. There you go. Uh, And it's basically like the the Mississippi River is overflowing just everywhere, and it's taking out towns and everything. And they're basically trying to plug it up. So there's people, like, uh, basically working on the levees. Uh, so you have people filling sandbags and stuff like that, trying to get the, the, the levees built up so that they don't overflow and basically overrun the town. Um, and that's where some of that racial tension comes through because some of the uh, black population has been conscripted, basically, to come in and do this back-breaking work of filling these sandbags and building up the levees. And obviously, they're not that happy about it. And the... Um, the 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 foreman uh, sort of treat them like uh, you know slavish I would say um, I mean they 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 say yeah you're getting a fair wage and kind of the the guys doing the work are like no no we're not like we're basically working for pennies a day and they're just saying you know shut shut your mouth and do your job and kind of um there's one character uh, who, whose name I forget off the top of my head who kind of start, gets into some trouble um and ends up running away from the uh the 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 operation where they're filling the sandbags and he ends up getting chased by the the clan and he ends up running into this interesting character towards the end of the book who seems to have some pretty crazy superpowers and that's where the book ends so really cool setting really cool art really great writing it looks like these guys really did their research on the time period and they depicted very well so i am really 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 looking forward to issue number two of that and just following uh that through the end it's uh part one of a four issue uh mini series and uh, i i just i can't wait to uh to see where it goes I'm, i mean you guys have had a chance to take a look kind of at the book here uh in your hands like we'll be taking some pictures look, at the end of the show yeah please but, yeah, yeah that, that, that's a great idea yeah. I've never seen art like that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's incredible. And he paints every panel. Every panel, yeah. That's amazing. That's nuts. I really do. do, do you, you seem to know um, J.G. Jones and his work. What else has he done? Uh, remember when DC... I'd be interested to check that out. When DC did um, the 52, the first weeklies, mm-hmm. he did the covers for the first one. He oh, did nice. all 52 covers. Oh, okay. I oh, saw wow. a lot of those. Okay, wow. Yeah. But, like, as far as his own series, does he have any others? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, wow, I, I know him from, from those, but he's done he's done some other stuff. Yeah. I'm sure he's worked on other books, but mm-hmm. I know he did those covers, and that's a pretty big undertaking when you you know weekly covers every yeah. week. No, just real quick, when you guys do the, like the different conventions and different things, do you guys like is it like paper trading? Do you trade books back and forth? Or you, you probably, well, with the, you see with, the same people a lot with the indie guys. Yep, I do mm-hmm. just because they're, they're local guys that yeah. I know, and you know if they have books. You know, we'll, we'll swap out. That's cool. cool. So, you know, it works out kind of good. That is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, you guys seem to agree that the artwork on that is pretty amazing, as I said. Now, have you had a chance to check out the Strange Fruit Gym? I looked through it briefly. Um, there's only so many books one can read. <laughs> so you have to pick, pick your battles <laughs> and what, what you like, so... 
I understand. But yeah, that that's my favorite new thing that, that I've uh, checked out since I've started coming here for sure. Um, and probably the last thing I'll, I'll mention here, um, I mean, we can get into some other stuff later. I'm sure we'll talk about Secret Wars at some point because I think a good majority of us are reading that right now. Um, the other recommendation by Reagan was uh, We Stand on Guard. That is also really cool. That's another kind of alternate, um, uni alternate reality tale um, where... The U.S. ends up basically invading and taking over Canada. So as we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great. I, I'm reading it. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. It, it really is. That is cool, man. So uh, there's two issues of it out. Have you have you read yes. both now? Yep. Okay, cool. So we can we can kind of uh, talk about this a little bit. You can fill in where where I've left gaps. So basically, it's about this. Uh, an event happens where I'm sorry, a major attack uh, occurs on U.S. soil, and we kind of see uh, see see it from the perspective of this family in Canada, where they're watching the news, and they they they're like kind of like, I wonder who did that or what happened, and all of a sudden, just bombs start dropping on Canada from the U.S., and they just blow everything to hell. So this brother and sister end up watching their parents die before their eyes. They survive, and the father's last words to the brother are basically, protect your sister and never leave her side. Uh, and then we flash forward to 20 years later. Um, so she's all grown up, and she's kind of wandering the wilds of Canada, kind of like the, the frozen wilds um, of Canada, and trying to survive and whatnot. She's alone, and we don't know what happened to her brother. She says that he's been captured, but we have no idea kind of who she is, what she is at this point in her life, and we kind of get little glimpses of kind of what happened to them from when they left their uh, home after their parents were killed, and, uh, you know, leading up to where they, they are now. Now, but I mean obviously we're only two issues in so there's not a whole lot but there's some cool action in there where she uh, gets together with this uh, rebel group um, they say they're the last rebel group in Canada so basically the US is kind of um, taken over and uh, I really like kind of the depiction of where things stand where it's basically the United States now but turned up to 11 where you know by a lot of um people were viewed kind of as the world's police a little bit and it kind of feels like that's been taken to the extreme in this book where we've you know gone from policing to taking over um extreme retaliation and basically uh torture and and kind of uh you know mistreatment of prisoners is a common thing it seems like um to kind of get uh you know the results the desired results that that sound accurate to you jim she's she's like Sigourney Weaver and Aliens meets <laughs> Angelina Jolie as um, Tomb Raider in Laura that's, Croft. That's, that's kind of a cool... She, she, she's uh, got that. Actually, she's yeah. like a mixture of the two of them. And uh, I think she's going to be a very interesting character. I agree. So. Yeah, the sister. She, she, she seems to be the main character of the book. And like I said, like there's these really cool sci-fi elements. So it takes place in like 2123, I believe, is the main timeline, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Um, and there's all of these like mechs walking around. Star, Star Wars. The, yeah, very much so. Like the, there's like I an ATAC, yeah, yeah, walking around kind of thing with like, you know, big US Army emblems and stuff like that. And they kind of do like there's this really cool scene where one of them just basically runs up on that um rebel unit. They're called the two four. And like they jump into battle and the way they do battle kind of reminds me of um Attack on Titan a little bit. If uh, you guys have checked that out where they just kind of like repel 
up onto the thing and they like use these glue gun type of things to clog up like the joints and then blow it the hell up and it falls over and that's how kind of they 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 take it down it's like a really cool action scene um in that book like i would totally love to see that as a movie that would be fantastic like, that's a book i could totally see being a movie and being super awesome um so yeah man um jim if you got anything else to say about that book like i, re I recommend it definitely highly. pick it up i i mean it's it's well-written, well-drawn. Um, Absolutely. The character development is, is good. It's, it's, it's not too fast-paced. It's mm -hmm. not too slow. It moves at a good clip. I agree with that. So it, it definitely it draws you in. Yeah, so. it's got, yeah, it's got cool more. Like, one thing that I appreciate about it is that it, it, it does take its time. Like you said, it's paced very well where you have those character development moments and then you have the action and then you kind of get back to slowing down and everything is... is very well depicted in 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 just that it's not i feel like there there's stories that are told way too fast and some that are just you know too like let's just get right into it like some books may not have depicted the whole like parents uh they would have probably started like where the girl is already in the wilderness and let's start fighting like the robo wolf or whatever right at the beginning and stuff like that so i kind of appreciate the fact that they have really really nice pacing i think that that's probably one of the things that that's really you know the one of the best things about that book they give you they give you good stuff but they don't cram it down your throat you not if overload. that makes sense it's it's not overload it's I just agree. it's just enough that when it's done you're like i gotta wait a month <laughs> <laughs> so and that's that's what you want i gotta wait a month yeah now is that going to be an ongoing series or is that a mini that, I, I think it's ongoing right now okay cool that's what but i didn't see one of you know whatever image is tough because they don't really broadcast that a lot yeah i mean sometimes image books like the first three or four books are fantastic and then when you hit issue four that's when you know whether it's going to go south or north oh, and, and that, so that doesn't happen so i mean there there have been image books where i've read like the first two i'm like oh this is really good i read the third one i'm like yeah all right <laughs> it's and then the fourth one is is that determining when i'm done the fourth one i'm either going to continue with it or i'm i'm, I'm going to just wrap up the first story arc and just end it there. Hmm. So, so don't don't hold back, Jim. Name some names. Name some books. <laughs> I, I I'm reading Savior too. Um, Todd McFarlane's doing it. Oh, cool. Let me tell you something. That's another another win. Yeah. It's about this. It's about a plane crash, and there's this guy who just basically has amnesia, mm -hmm. and he doesn't know like what's going on. But he's got like he saved people he's like buck naked and he's saving people out of this plane in the middle of the woods and they're like were you on the plane and he doesn't know it's 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 a really good story and again the artwork is fantastic and it's it's at issue five and it's 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 made <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna keep reading it so nice does right. McFarlane do the I'll have to check artwork no, i think he's just writing it oh okay because he's off of spawn now isn't he he's no longer doing he goes spawn, back and forth he oh, does, does every he? now and then he'll do so it i thought issues. like that was the big thing i, I mean I, I haven't read spawn he hasn't done it in like i mean i think he just did they just had issue 250 yeah so i know he did that oh cool but i think every now and then he makes some kind of appearance. So is he not drawing anything regularly nowadays? Uh, he's got his toy line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, which makes him makes rich. Those toys have always been really cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys are taking notes for all these books because I'll be copying your notes. Oh, I want to check out that ball. Baltimore sounded really homework. cool. And I forget that second one that you mentioned. I forget the name of it. Southern oh, Cross. There it is. And that's like a, a sci-fi book. I love sci-fi. But it, it's... it's Fantastic, and um, I had the pleasure of meeting Andy, hmm. um, the artist at Boston. 
and um, one of the characters, I love the, the main character, and I had him do a, a sketch of her in my book. Nice. And my book's mostly superheroes, so to have like a yeah. just a regular human being type character, it, it's just it's a great story. She's trying to find out what happened to her sister, and it's like the ship is kind of like full of mystery, and it, it, it's good. And he told me that it's going to be a, an ongoing for a while. So That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that that's sounds cool. cool. I'll have to check that out. What issue is that on right now? We're in between four and five. Four okay. just came out so okay, a month ago. Now. So five's due soon. In Baltimore, what's that? What's that at now? So the first one was a book written, again by McNoller and Christopher Golden, and it's Baltimore, the Steadfast Soldier. It's, it's like a long name, but it's it's written. It's actual like a novel, but there's art in it. Oh, okay. Then it leads to a run of books, then it ends. Then there's like another one called like the Plague Plague Ship, and that ends. And then it, it so it, it's continually going. The story continually goes, but each chapter has its own name. Mm-hmm. So like one chapter will be four issues, one will be six, one might be two, and it is just great. And it's about this guy who, um, basically, he's a soldier, and they're at war, and the field they're killing, where the fil- there's blood everywhere, it's resurrecting vampires. It's bringing oh, vampires wow. because the blood's seeping into the ground. <laughs> and what happens cool. is in, in the book, one of the vampires comes and. Baltimore's out cold and he wakes up and something's gnawing on his leg and it's <laughs> it's it's the main vampire and he ends up you know it leaves him but he's got missing a leg so he's trying to it's like Moby Dick he's trying to get the great oh, white, whale. white whale okay so he's he's chasing it and then you know I don't want to ruin anything but it, it's like I, there's like 26 different um issues so far okay and it just keeps going and so it's, it's, going it's a I like the, chap- the chapters are good though because you have, you have like stories and then stories yes. and endings and things like that you can so get them cool. in hardcover okay. and softcover so if you, if you know you don't have to try to track the, trying to track down the single issues gonna be yeah, real that's, tough. I usually go for the, the trades soft, yeah, the yeah, yeah if it's exactly. going on for that long yep. that's why I like kind of the stuff that's in the, the beginnings there I like that because I can just come here and pick up you know the first four issues of uh, say uh, Southern Cross or whatever hopefully he has because I'll check that out awesome speaking of trades victor you get a lot there yes i do <laughs> <laughs> now it's good because victor always bring he has always a show and tell so it's great so he doesn't just tell him he shows us what you got there vic uh yes well i i brought in some of the uh latest trades i've been reading mm-hmm. in the past month uh first one i'll i'll talk about a bit is uh mark miller's old man logan yeah, Wolverine, a good one. which i really which i really liked a lot and the artwork artwork was done by steve mcniven and this this book is a uh, it uh, takes place in the post-apocalypse, and uh, basically all the uh, all the superheroes are pretty much dead. All the villains have taken over. Uh, the United States has been divided into four distinct uh, territories. Uh, for example, the, the uh, California in the West Coast is called Hulkland. It's taken over by Bruce Banner and his redneck inbred kin, <laughs> <laughs> or rather, green neck kin. Um, He's been waiting for that all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also um, the Midwest, which is taken over by Doctor Doom, and um, and a couple other places. And in, in this book, uh, Wolverine Logan, he's uh, this takes place roughly, I think, fifty years into the future, and he's basically he's basically old and old and gray. He has this, he has this uh, leads leads a very simple life, kind of like a Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name, kind of mm-hmm. that type of character. He has his family, he has his two kids, they're living out in the wastes. And he's just he's just trying to keep to himself, and he makes a very big uh, point about not unsheathing his claws because the last time he did something very terrible happened, and the book it delves into why. And in the book, um, Hawkeye, 
Hawkeye uh, comes up to him one day and he says, um, and he asks uh, Logan to help help shepherd him across the uh, country to the East Coast so he can deliver this mysterious package. And uh, and and Hawkeye offers to offers Logan uh, lots of lots of money that he needs to pay off um, the uh, Bruce Banner's kids because they're the ones that oh, are harassing okay. his family yeah. for for that rent money. Yeah. And um, and and Logan reluctantly re- reluctantly agrees and says, "Okay, I'll take you on, but just so you know, I'm not gonna I'll help you up, but I'm not gonna you know help kill anybody. You know, I'm just here to you know." Just to help you do what you need to do and to get my money, get, get the money. So, so throughout the book, you kind of, it kind of delves into like what happened to the rest of the country, what happened to the other heroes. Um, you find that, um, you find that there's like there's one place in like in Las Vegas at one point where all the heroes are basically worshipped as gods, basically, and all their, all their memorabilia, their t- action figures and their toys and their posters, they're seen as like kind of, made, they're made as like shrines mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And they're like, hey, where are the heroes going? We want them back. And you kind of see where um, where certain where certain heroes are, uh, the ones that have survived. And uh, Mark Miller, as characteristic of his work, um, the violence does get over the top, <laughs> and it does get gory, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very it's it's very enjoyable. It's a very very uh, interesting read, and especially how it ends. I believe that um, the current Old Man Logan series is actually a continuation of, of what happened in this book, so I'm definitely looking forward to reading that new stuff, that new uh, iteration. But, how do they do with uh, Doctor Doom in that? Um, he's one of my favorite villains, and my biggest issue with uh, Fantastic Four is that they keep doing him dirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want him for the overarching movies, because I feel like their villains always have issues, but I feel like yeah. he would really pick it up. Um, I, don't, I don't know. They haven't... Actually, uh, the... Doctor Doom basically makes just a cameo, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he owns a quarter of the country, so that's yeah. cool. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm hoping that the new series uh, delves into yep. him more. Uh, but yeah, it's a excellent excellent series. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, start start off with Miller's series because mm-hmm. I think the new one is just a continuation, okay. like I said, of this. Oh, okay. um, other, another one I've been reading is uh, which I highly highly recommend. Uh, I'm very enthusiastic. Uh, it's uh, uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Uh, 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 <laughs> Nick loves his Wonder Woman. Um, we love her too. Wonder Woman, uh, the New Fifty Two. Yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, new Fifty Two. Um, I've been trying to convince uh, the rest of my uh, uh, friends slash co-hosts to read them, but they're like, no. Nah. No. Nah. But um, which is which is which Listen, is. Listen, Reagan yeah. said the New Fifty Two run of Wonder Woman was very meh. He said that. I disagree. This this new I, I really enjoyed this new fifty two version of Wonder Woman. It's written by Brian Azzarello, and uh, th- right now there are currently six volumes of the trade paperbacks, and this is actually a a, a, a somewhat of a darker tone of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So if you're so if you don't have if you're a, a complete neophyte, then this is one I do recommend starting off with. You might like it. Uh, basically, it, it did change. Uh, what is neophyte mean? <laughs> newbie. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's when uh, you watch The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. <laughs> um, right. So anyway, yeah. So, so New Fifty Two, the the Wonder Woman, it actually changed up her origin somewhat. Uh, she's still the daughter of Queen Hippolyta, but she's actually one of uh, she's actually the daughter of Zeus, and uh, which is which is totally different from the uh, original Wonder Woman. And Zeus is basically MIA, and all of his. Um, all of his children, his bastard children, are con- are competing for to take over his throne. Damn, uh, son, uh, Zeus is a deadbeat dad. Yeah, he basically <laughs> is. And in fact, um, he actually knocked up this one woman named Zola, who's actually giving birth to his child, who's actually prophesied to be the doom 
of Olympus, like he's gonna that, that her, her offspring is gonna take over, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman is uh, char- char- uh, uh, leaves it up to herself to actually protect Zola and her baby, and um, there are other supporting characters that kind of make up her motley crew. For example, um, Hermes uh, actually lends, lends lends his support to the cause, and um, they actually uh, and there's also this other mysterious character named Lennox who is basically kind of like this Jason Statham type dude who whose whose skin is made of like stone and um he has his own reasons for helping wonder woman out and um and and the whole and the whole uh, the whole series is kind of is is, is very very action-packed very interesting seeing these seeing this all, all this political intrigue by the between yeah. these gods of the pantheon so yeah I, I really i really recommend it i mean like i said it, the the new 52 as a whole but wonder woman in particular received a mixed reaction among fans but this is one that i do recommend starting off if you're a complete you know, like I said, newbie to the whole Wonder Woman mythos. Check check this one out. Um, two more books. Now, hey, wait. Yeah. Is uh, my favorite character from the Wonder Woman mythos uh, in this book Mr. Pilot Man? Mm, Stephen Trevor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pilot Guy is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Interesting. Um, as of, yeah, I, I've, I've read the first three paperbacks and okay. I'm on number four. I'm sure we'll make it there. Yeah, the pulling. You can't have Wonder Woman without Mr. Pilot. Yeah, so uh, two more books I recommend. One which I absolutely love, and this one is came out in 21 years ago, 1984. It's called Marvels, uh, written by Kurt Busiek and excellent artwork by the great Alex Ross. I'll pass Mm -hmm. this around for you guys to look at. And Marvels is a very interesting take of the Marvel universe, and it's centered on this uh, ordinary photojournalist, Phil Sheldon. And the story starts off in the 1920s. Which uh, which begins with a de- with the debut of the Human Torch, the original, the, re- the original Human Torch, who was basically a creation of a scientist, and um, and the, also the debut of a uh, Namor, Namor the submar- submariner. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and their sudden appearance in the in the public scene and how their actions have basically thrown um, humanity in a tailspin, sort of like oh my God, you have these extraordinary beings among us all of a sudden. What are we gonna do? And and all the uh, and all and you see different characters like the Fantastic Four and Galactus, the X Men, and other heroes, Captain America, and the Avengers make appearances, and you see them from the perspective of this guy, this photojournalist who, he's he's in awe. He wants he he wants to depict these characters as they are, and he wants to you know kind of convey the the majesty of these beings of these people. But at the same time, he kind of he's kind of wrestling with his own insecurities now that he's just an ordinary man living in a world where basically. The world is belongs to the heroes and villains. He's just living in it, and now he has to deal with his own insecurities of 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 okay, like how how do I how do I stand as a man, as a human being, as a as a husband, knowing that knowing that you know I don't have these powers, but mm-hmm. I'm following these um, these heroes around, and how do I live in this world? And and the and the book does an excellent job of uh, of putting i guess the awe back in, into these uh, superheroes because as you as you as you read more and more superhero you know lore lore and and watch all the movies you kind of it starts to become i guess routine maybe yeah. old hat in some ways but this book kind of does a great job of you know making you feel like a like for like a like a kid again as you as a, as, a, as it were put the marvel back into marvel yeah precisely very yeah. well put and um and also, there's a, there's also one particular part in the book which I really which I, which really stood out where he where he meets meets up with the X Men, and um, and it deals with the whole mutant prejudice, how and it does and it, and it, and it, and it explores the whole prejudice against mutant kind in a very interesting way because 
It's like, okay, what makes... Because he even brings this up. Uh, he, Phil Sheldon, he brings this up where, okay, what makes, what makes people react to the X-Men and their kind soul violently? But what makes them uh, look at people like Captain America and Iron mm -hmm. Man and Namor with awe and reverence? And I think part of that is, in his view, is because those, those heroes are basically were created by us, essentially. Like, we made them. Like, with Captain America and the, with the super serum, like, we made them. So, therefore, it's like, there's a certain amount of ownership that we have as a public to those characters. But yet, the X-Men, because they're mutants, they're a genetic aberration. And more so, you know, since they're viewed as the next evolutionary step of humankind... They might, they might, they might subject, subjugate the rest of humanity who doesn't have power. So it's like we look at them as the danger. And that's what like, I've always thought too. I've always wondered that question: Why is that? So that, that's yeah. pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. So um, it's a, it's an excellent book, and uh, and especially if you're a fan of Alex Ross's artwork, you this is a can't miss. That was mm -hmm. just going through that. That was real. That was yeah. nice. That was real nice. Yeah, so yeah, really cool. So yeah, definitely check out Marvels. And um, the last, last but not least, I briefly mentioned this, but I didn't get, go into any detail. It was uh, another Brian K. Vaughan uh, masterwork. It's called Why the Last Man. And this is the first of uh, five deluxe editions, which I, which I have. And I blazed through this book in the series in like two weeks. It's so good. <laughs> uh, Why the Last Man, written by Brian K. Vaughan. Um, it, takes, it starts off in, it was published around the early 2000s. And so the story starts in 2002, where there's a mysterious plague that has wiped out all all male mammals, including humans, any any creature with a Y chromosome, except for one man, this one 22-year-old kid kid York named Yorick Brown, and his uh, pet monkey named Ampersand. They're the only two males alive on planet Earth. The rest of the rest of women have basically by by default have overtaken everything else. Aw yeah, Yorick. <laughs> Um, it's not as exciting as you may think, Aris, but, uh, well, uh, not as tantalizing, I should say, but, uh, but the book, but the book is very, very well written. It's, um, it's very deep. It gets into, into really great themes of, like, uh, feminism and also, like, uh, what masculinity really, really means and all the, uh, sort of, um, I guess, foibles that, that, that arise from that. And you kind of see how, how women have, uh, have, um, Continued on society in their in their stead, uh, how they how they introduce their own uh, forms of leadership, like for example, there's one group which 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 uh, which are basically viewed as like the one of the main antagonists. They're called the Amazons, and they're and they're basically this marauding group of misandrist, extreme extremist uh, feminist women who hate anything and everything to do with men. They see the plague as a godsend. And wow. they and they say that you know um, it's mo it's Mother Earth's way of correcting its original mistake, and so uh, when they c catch wind of Yorick's existence, naturally they seek to to end him. And what makes it worse is that they actually have uh, one of their members is his older sister, named Hero, who uh, who's basically um, psychologically damaged for for a number of reasons, and she kind of finds solace in this Amazon family, and she has to wrestle with uh, you know either how does she deal with dealing with York's, York's existence as the last man on earth, dealing against her own, you know, newfound ideals amongst her, the, her misandrist family. And, um, and, and, and throughout the book, you kind of see um, uh, their journey. And, and in, in York's case, he's this, he's this kid who, his main goal is he wants to reunite with his uh, fiance, who's, who's like thousands of thousands of miles away in Australia, and he wants to get to her. And he doesn't know if, if she's alive or not, but he has it on faith that, that she's still around. And, um, and uh, his, 
And one of the people that travels with him is this mysterious woman named Agent 355, who's this mysterious uh, government agent who, um, who shepherds him and has her, her own reasons for helping him out. And it's just a, it's just an excellent. It's always a mysterious read. figure. <laughs> yeah. So why can't he just call up his girl? Because hey, what's up? How you doing? Well, How's well Australia. <laughs> there any dudes over there? <laughs> well, well, you know he. It, the, the book starts off somewhere in Boston, and she's all the way in Sydney. So. Yeah, Boston. Yeah. So why so, can't he call? I just looked at the first panel, and they're chit chatting on the phone. Well, that's before the plague hit. So it's a flashback. So scene. did communications drop when men went extinct? No, she got a new phone number. <laughs> oh, oh, see, there you go. Hey, changing Jim. countries, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole carrier problem. Oh yeah, yeah that, that, that makes, sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> plus, plus uh, you know, international calls are expensive. So you know, <laughs> she found the second man, the second to last man, the sequel. So, uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, Great read. Um, I've heard some rumors over the years that they are. That, uh, I think New Line Cinema was trying to produce a movie adaptation, but it just never, never came through. Mm. Um, I could see it as a movie, but I could see it more so as a miniseries to to really do it justice. Maybe a miniseries on Netflix or on HBO, perhaps. I think now with Netflix and Hulu and all the places doing their own original programming, mm. these miniseries. Uh, I'm not. I'm not stoned about this one, but the chances of this kind of stuff happening are so much greater. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard a lot of good stuff yeah. about that. I've been yeah. meaning to uh, to check it out, so... Yeah, if you're... If you're Thanks, uh, I'll be borrowing that, Victor. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but uh, if you're... Uh, if one, you're day, one day we'll get, we'll we, get we, Victor we to, to let us borrow something. Something. Yeah, but uh, if you're a fan of Brian K. Vaughn, this is an absolute mandatory <laughs> read. Well, clearly yeah. I am. Brian K. Vaughn, Saga, same guy. Yep. Oh, nice. For those that already. And I, I will say I, I don't read either one. I never read Why, and I, I don't read Saga. But I will say that I have never heard anyone say anything bad about either one. Right. I mean, I've heard fantastic stuff mm-hmm. about both. So. Okay. Yeah. After I'm done with Saga, I'll probably check that out. But man, I have so much stuff to check out now uh, that I've been coming yeah, here. Yeah. I, I don't even. I, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be in my bunk. Oh, okay, Carl Bird, our Super uh, Wars man. Yeah, haven't really done much. Uh, like I said, um, as everybody probably knows by now, I've been catching up with the Secret Wars, waiting on uh, issue six. It's when it really picks up. Hey, um, no spoilers, man. I've only I read can't. through issue two. <laughs> oh, then yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to shut up on that one. Um, well, we had go ahead and give us a little bit, give us some flair, give us a little peek at Secret well, Wars, man. That's a big thing going on right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. But basically, like Doctor Doom is just God. Oh, perfect. Just God. went up my alley. God, <laughs> dude, go. he is like the main he, thing. Thing, yeah. Yes. So, like, Wars, he is. so, like, basically in everything, you know, with the whole series, with the whole uh, Marvel Universe coming to an end, it, mm-hmm. in a way, it, it pretty much just revolves around him. Oh, I like that. Uh, and then, like, you so. see, and then you just start seeing, like, all these, like, all the characters start like coming together, and it's just gonna create. It's just gonna be this big, huge thing. Um, the, where the last issue left off, it was like a huge cliffhanger. Can't really, <laughs> can't really say, can't really say because it'll it'll just Don't be a huge spoiler. And <laughs> last thing I need is a wake alert for myself, you know. <laughs> but um, like I said, I highly do recommend that you guys get into it. Um, didn't really get into much reading this past week. Um. Simply because, like, we had our um, we had our pig roast going on that Iris and I went to over the weekend, which yeah, was pig roast. 
Absolutely delicious. Oh, Victor was there as well. Oh, um, I love, I love uh, the pork, man. Yeah, I love the pork. I, I, I ate a pig. I ate the, I ate the ear, <laughs> and I was, and I was nice, proud of it. Um, but I managed to read up, uh, finish up the uh, Mortal Kombat X uh, graphic novel, and it's amazing. Like, Kotal Khan's a complete badass. Um, well, there was actually badass in the game. That's that's pretty cool, I guess. That's what that's what I think. I did not think he was in the game, but yet reading the backstory, like where he came from, like he was, um, he actually ended up going into the Earth realm and then getting getting lost, and then his father told him like you will never like you will never like survive. So he kind of thrived on that and act and then actually landed up and like landed in the Amazon. And he ended up becoming a god to the Mayans. Oh, that's cool. So, like, and then um, there was, like, some other characters who I thought were interesting, but they didn't make the game for, <laughs> you know, whatever reason. There was one called Mavado. He was, like, he just looked, he just looked cool. He had, like, this little... Yo, man, Mavado's been in Mortal Kombat for ages. That dude yeah. sucks. Yeah, he's he part, looked he's, cool to me. He's part of the Black Dragon Clan. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a cool, he's a cool-looking dude, but he's... Yeah, sucks. um... Aaron, you know, then you, you have your favorites, uh, Aaron Black, uh, Takeda. Takeda was actually trained by Scorpion, yeah. which was, you know, and Takeda's one of my favorite characters in this new Mortal so Kombat. So does this uh, take the time between Mortal Kombat, the reboot, and then X, the newest game? Yes. No, okay. Yes, it picks up, like, short, like shortly after that, like, uh, you know, Shao Kahn has died. Mm-hmm. Sure, he does make a, make a cameo appearance, but it's mainly just backtracking on that, um... And then you know Goro, Goro's in it. Like a whole bu- a whole bunch of characters who weren't in this game, um, show up in it and tell a bit of a backstory. And then it's still kind of on a cliffhanger right now, so I'm waiting for these next few issues to come up on another trade paperback. And uh, that's pretty much it. And plus, I've been doing a lot of a lot of networking for the for the show. So thanks to everybody for <laughs> the like. Social like media we, chair. All right. We've been, oh, been doing a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Thanks, man. I appreciate sure. that. I mean, all those notifications are pretty sweet. <laughs> and of course, Jim too. Thank you very much for all yeah, the Yeah, definitely. Shares. My pleasure. It's, uh, it's a good time. Um, well, can I just mention one more thing? Sure. I feel like I always do this. I do. It's a thing. You do do it. I do. Why do you feel like you do <laughs> uh, Before we get into Hellion and to the, the, the meat of this episode here. Uh, I started... Uh, so, Secret Wars, um, there's, a, like, basically everything Marvel right now is revolving around it. So there's been a lot of reboots of series. So I picked up the first three three issues of Guardians of Nowhere uh, here at Rock Coco's um, the last time I was here. And I read issue one of that. That's pretty cool. Really cool art. Um, it doesn't um, go to, you know, anywhere. And the first issue is kind of like ends on a cliffhanger. But the reason I mentioned that is because I went back and started reading Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fairly decent, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy fan even before the movie came out and all that. Like, I read a lot whoa, of Volume whoa, 2. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, calm down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Volume 2, I feel it was more superhero-y. 
I don't know if any of you guys have checked out any Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Like, I always thought that that was a cool team, just a team of misfits uh, and, and, and whatnot. Um, it was more superhero-y than Volume 3, so that one took place. Obviously, it's like, um, still in space, still in nowhere. Um, they, a lot of comedy. They have uh, the Cosmo, the space dog, who's like the psychic dog who lives on nowhere, and he's like the, the chief of security there. Um, and they get into a lot of crazy, crazy adventures in Volume 2. They go to like the Cancerverse, and they deal with Thanos and all this stuff. Um, and Volume 3 kicks off where Iron Man joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Yeah, the Iron Man, Tony mm -hmm. Stark. That's pretty cool. So um, I feel like they, they kind of um, movied it up. For a <laughs> so they turned it into kind of what the the movie is a little bit. Yeah. So, um, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, who I freaking love. I my, Brian Michael Bendis is awesome. That guy's great. Um, and it's written well. The art's very good as well. But I feel like they kind of took away a little bit of the character from that book, kind of, because I feel like it was a lot more quirky. In previous volumes, it was really they had these weird costumes that didn't kind of fit into any like superhero, you know, mold, and they kind of did a, like I feel like they updated the old um, Star Lord costume for Volume Three, and it looks super like weird. I don't like the look of, of that specific suit. Um, but again, I'm only like. Four issues in three and a half. Actually, I don't think I finished issue four. Um, like I said, good writing. Um, I'll keep reading and check it out. But um, I also am looking forward to checking out Guardians of Nowhere because Venom joins the freaking I have, the galaxy, I that, and yeah. I love Venom. Venom is one of my favorites. Cool. So cool stuff. Guardians of Nowhere. Three issues out. Check that out. Only three. Oh, okay. Only three. Pick that up. Yeah. I like catching. I like trying to get at the beginning of it if I can. Yeah. I don't have a hard time catching up and then rolling with it as it goes along. Yeah. Um. For me, I would just recommend if you're gonna read any Star uh, Star Wars comic books, I would say Vader. Oh my gosh, yeah. Vader is yeah. awesome. They're doing yeah. they're doing a crossover too coming up. Oh really? With what? Star Wars. It's gonna be him and Star Wars crossing over. Yeah. Twelve and thirteen issues. Twelve and thirteen. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, because it's interesting because you um if you read the first few of each, which um because I kept going with Vader. I read the first few of the others, and you get uh beginning of Star Wars. So it's between episodes four and five. And you see it from their perspective, and then you see it from Vader's perspective, and it's kind of like all comes together. It's it's really awesome. And uh, the one scene I think I told you about, Eris, when Vader finds out that he has a son, but he doesn't tell the Emperor, and he's super pissed off, and he almost like destroys like the windows and the Star Destroyer. It's such a it's a really powerful scene because I don't feel like uh, Vader. Like, obviously, he's one of the most iconic villains of all time, but you know, just delving into him is just really awesome. So I highly recommend Vader. But you also get to see the Emperor like ragging yeah, on him, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like yeah. almost like Gibbs and um, Tony on NCIS where he smacks him in the back of the head every time he does something wrong. It's like the Emperor is just like, well, it's not my fault the Death Star got blown <laughs> yeah. up. Now is it? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got that going. So that that's kind of yeah. But he, he is it's phenomenal. It's a cool dynamic because in the episodes two, uh, two or three you see like their relationship grow in the movies and then be never the in between you don't really see it and I just. And I'm, I'm. It's very tough for me, as you all know, with Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. Cause I read a lot of the expanded universe, and a lot of that is expunged. It's okay. I'm starting fresh. <laughs> there have been rants, Jim. There's been rants on the show. I'm starting fresh, and this this universe. one has actually made me more okay with it because it's been so good. And now that I know they're crossing over, which I did not know, I will be catching back up on the Star Wars line. When they released this in January, when they we had a big party here. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. And we had up. people. We had artists here. If you look on the wall. 
all the artists that were here oh did uh with the exception of me did, <laughs> did, uh, did a sketch so there are all the different artists in the area did some form of Sketch. I really like oh, the Princess I thought Leia. Those Leia, 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 Leia. Okay, the Harley Quinn Princess Leia is Mike Doherty, and he did the cover to issue three of Hellion. Shameless oh, plug. Oh, nice. And then the girl, the Princess Leia to the left of her, was done by Ryan Santos, who's going to be doing covers five and six to Hellion. Nice. Awesome. So. Perfect. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I didn't hear anything about issue four. four. When's that coming <laughs> out? That, oh, Mike Doherty's doing issue four, too. Nice. Oh, okay. That's, When's that coming out? Um, we're hoping uh, December, if okay. not January, right around that ballpark. Okay, cool. So. We're waiting. Yeah, I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and that's a perfect segue, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Jim. Yes. We're, gonna open up, we're gonna open up to you. We got questions for you. Lots of questions. Let's bring my uh, thing back up. Well, first off, what, what? Tell us about Hellion. Okay. What, what's Hellion, Jim? Hell, Hellion's my baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one day I was. Um, well, long story short, I love Logan's Run. We're gonna okay. start off with that. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the new Blue Water series a few years ago, and in the back there was a um, an ad for comic create comic creators universe something like that it was some publishing company and i was like hey this book looks pretty interesting how can i get it so i went to the little site and the only place you could get it was on the west coast i'm like that sucks that sucks (laughs) i'm on the wrong coast so i sent him a message saying hey do you guys want to get your books on the east coast because i travel to a lot of shops i I love very passionate about comics so i hit the shops i'm first name basis with a lot of dealers and i'm like comic dealers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like do you need help getting your books over yeah so they hooked me up with this guy Quentin Shaw and um, he was just finishing his obligation with them and he was starting his own company so Quentin and I became friends and we would just share story ideas and um, one day I was picking up my son at um, summer camp and I was listening to um, a song by a band called Marillion um, my favorite singer was the singer for them. His name is Fish. And Marillion... That makes sense. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Um, so the song is um, Between You and Me, and it starts off, Today I See Music in the Sky. And Drive, I'm like, I wonder if the music was evil, what would happen? Because I, I love horror. So, And I've heard that song a million times. It's one of my favorite songs by them. But at that moment, it just hit me. What, what if the song, what if the music was horror? So Quentin and I were talking on the phone, and we started talking about the new Predator movie with Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I absolutely love it, but I said, there are some things I would change. I'm like, first of all, Predators, male or female? We don't know. So what's to say? Let, I, want, I want to see the other sex of the Predators. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, I was kind of hoping it was on the Predator homeworld. I keep having visions of Charlton Heston in Ape City. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. not Why not have a Predator homeworld? So I, we were talking about that and we were just going back and forth and um, so then I told him about the thing and an idea I had for a story. And he's like, that's, that's really good. That, that's, that's really good. So next day I'm off and in the middle of the day my phone rings. Now he lives in Seattle so I don't know what time. It was like 10 in the morning so he was up super early. He's like, you know that story you were telling me about yesterday? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's make it happen. I'm like what? He's like he's like I'm gonna get you an artist. Let's let's make this happen. So now I'm doing Sam Neill and Jurassic Park with my heads between my legs, trying not to pass out, and um, and that was the birth. That's, That's how awesome. it, how it happened. So just from one line, 
in, in a music song and I just met this guy because I was trying to be nice trying to help him get his books mm. on the other coast it just yeah. made your dream come true look yes, at that man isn't that crazy yeah. no. I mean I was like 40 something when that happened so wow you know, you're never too late. Right, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome. And Keep now, the dream alive, folks. So you gotta do. How long did it take from that conversation to first? Like, obviously, there's a lot in between. Well, fu- funny thing was, he um, said he needed a treatment, and it was going to be originally three issues. So I, I wrote the treatment for the story, where I thought, and it kind of ended where issue three ends. I, I did some tweaking to it. Um and he read it and he, he liked it um so he sends me a text and he says jim this is what the t- i swear this is like <laughs> he's killing me i said jim about hellion and he hits send okay and i'm like what what right. <laughs> what what about it <laughs> well, so i'm sitting there talking to my phone and i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i'm like finally i'm getting ready just to hit like question mark he's like tell me there's more and i'm like yes <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, like any good writer would do. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah there's more. There's more. I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, um, and, that, and then that's how the final three parts come. I was going to say, man, if that just ended at issue three, me and you, we might have some problems. <laughs> oh, I, I've, I've had people be like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I've been getting, I get messages on the phone, like, I didn't see that happening, or, you know, on Facebook. Yeah, that, Why that did you... definitely came out of left field, oh, man. Yeah. I was not expecting it, yeah, for thank sure. You. That that's I I was the whole premise I, I love um, Clive Barker is my favorite author. I love doing um, horror, but I love uh, the swerve. I mean, it starts oh, yeah. off. <laughs> I mean, the first page it says Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I want everyone to think it's to be about witches, and boom, <laughs> nothing to do with witches. And that's just the way I've been going the whole the whole story. I just I want I'm taking you down one path, but I'm really taking you down three others. Yeah. Seeing expectations. Nobody yeah, wants that. Absolutely. Um, so, Hellion, comic book, your author, you hooked up with an artist? Uh, the publisher. Did. Publisher. 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 Yeah, 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 right, right. I, um, I write and I did the script. Okay. Um, the script was interesting. Thank you to uh, Christopher Golden for teaching me how to do script um, without even knowing it. He, mm-hmm. had done, he had done a thing on Facebook oh, and he had shown um, how they did Baltimore how it developed from point A to point B to point C with the script. So I was like, oh, sweet. So I was like, I, but I knew I had seen it, but it was like five months. So I had to go five wow. months back onto his page. So you've never written anything never done a official script before. before? Oh, wow. So first it was, I was writing a story, and I figured he was going to take care of the rest. And then he was like, you got to do the script. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I'm like. Crash course. It. Yes. So then we talked about it, and uh, he told me the specs he wanted it, and went from there, so. Now, um, what um, kind of influences are you drawing in? Just stuff that you've read, music? Because I can't, I have do not have a creative bone in my body, so I'm curious for my own. <laughs> it, it, it flows. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I could draw a real good superhero comic, even mm-hmm. though I love superheroes. Uh, I've been, my sister took me when I was, remember, the, well, the first Michael Myers, first Halloween. So you're talking, I was maybe eight or nine. I was playing Little League Baseball, and she got me out of the game to go watch a movie with her three friends. Nice. And we went to go see that, because she was going to babysit for me. So it was that and Carrie. And to this day, Carrie is one of... I mean, picture, I'm eight years old, and I see that freaking <laughs> hand coming out of the ground. Oh my God. And Sissy Spacek, I'm sorry, it's just like, she's so damn ugly, 
and you know they got the pig blood on her and she's got like the freckles she was like really like she was perfect so seeing that that's how the the horror influence came so i'm, I'm very much at home in the yeah, horror started early so so it's, it's a very comfortable spot for me to just sit there and what i usually do is when i'm writing i, I throw a fish cd or a fish dvd on and i watch it and it's like boom i'm done if i don't have fish on it takes me like hours to to, huh. do, to do it so i i i go off of um music um clive barker obviously like i said was a huge influence mm. and then um i try to pay a lot of homage to influences and friends in my life they're in this book. I do see yeah, some yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. shout, yeah. shout out to Reagan for this cameo. <laughs> yeah, 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 Regan. You know, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to bust on Regan a little bit. Issue 2 came up. We were waiting and waiting for it to come out. And he knows I'm waiting. I'm crazy. And, and I'm holding on for months not telling him that he's in the book. Wow, you actually kept that from that? I kept it. So I call him. He calls me at work and he sends me, actually, it was a text. He says, Issue 2 just got here. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, let me know what you think when you get it. He's like, okay. I get here, he's like, I didn't read it yet. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't read it yet? He's like, what's the rush? I'm like, just read the book. And he's like, no, I'll read it when I get I'm like, no, no, you got to read the book now. So finally, he, I go, at least read page two. So he goes and he sees it and he, it dawns on him and it clicks and it was great. So it was, it was um, that. So there's like, you know, I have my friends in there. I make references to just, everything happens for a reason in this book. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no anything. Like the band members' names are all, for a reason the characters are all there there are four guys in the band um it's about a, a rock band trying to make it famous and they they just they struggle mm -hmm. and they have to hook up with this manager who has a reputation of being a devil worshiper but the four guys in the band each of them in regards are people we know under two two circumstances the first circumstances they're all musicians that we know like the guitarist is based off of roughly Joe Satriani from, you know, Deep Purple. He did a stint with them and solo. The singer is from um, influence between the guy from The Fix and the guy from In Excess. The drummer is, is based on Stuart Copeland from The Police. And now the bass player is kind of a cross between... Uh, it's a guitarist. I couldn't find a good bass player, but I used a guitarist from Kansas, Richard Williams. So they're all like musicians that have influenced the development of the character. But the people we know, so like the drummer, he's the leader of the band. He's the intense one. Doesn't trust anybody. He's focused. His name's Jake. And he's just a focused guy. And he, he keeps everyone together. Like, we got to practice at this time. <laughs> we got to show at this time. Because they really don't have a manager. He was certainly the brains of the operation. So it's Victor sure. is what you're saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then we have um, the singer, the pretty boy. He's why we're always late. You know, we all have that friend who, hold on, I gotta put on a sweater, I gotta change my shirt, I gotta put some makeup on. You know, we all have that friend who's, who's. <laughs> no, <laughs> see, it's just blowing around. It, it, it's actually not. Well, you was pretty late at that. So, but it, for good reason. That wasn't. Yeah. The, I wasn't referring to you actually. I was okay. looking at you to say like we definitely know. Ramus. Ra yeah, shout out, shout out to Ramus. You know, sorry. Continue. Then, then we have. Then we have the guitar player, who is basically, he's not so good looking, but he's the cool guy. You know, in the first issue, he's driving off in a moped, and they're like, oh, only Twitch could make a moped yeah. look cool. cool. And again, he had to have one name, because every band 
has one name like Fish mm -hmm. from Merlion. And you got Bono with U2S2. And then you got Sting from the police, Shea, Madonna. So you, you get that. And then the last one, Dustin, well, as you read, I'm sure, he's the comic relief. He wears the coveralls. He's a big guy. And everything's based on food. Yep. Everything's yeah. food. We amazing. have that friend. Hey, we're going to go to a baseball game. Well, can we stop at Dunkin' Donuts before we go? Or can we can we stop at Burger King? It's always that one person who... who so they're all people that we know. And, and I did that, so you got that familiarity with them. You kind of like like that person. And people have been like, oh, you know, this kind of reminds me of my friend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get that once in a while. That's kind of cool. So. For sure. Yeah. Now, if you ever need a podcasting crew to be in one of your stories, you can do whatever you want to us. I have, you can do I have, whatever you want. I have no problem killing people. <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I killed myself in issue three. So. That was that, that, that was really um, I was well, actually. You don't kill me. Make sure mine is memorable. <laughs> when I was reading, actually, uh, not too long ago at work, because we have like a little side area when I was on break, and I, I did a listen. Oh shit! <laughs> that whole scene was pretty sweet. I really like that a lot. Yeah, one of the things that I chuckled at uh, that I found pretty funny, like no. No, nothing nothing crazy about the story or spoilery, but like when they were driving and they were like, oh, hey, it's Cranston, Rhode Island. And they're like, who the hell cares? <laughs> like, oh, my friend Jim, stuff. shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had a good chuckle about that. Yeah, well, you know, like, like I said, I tried to do, I mean, there's a shout out to Joe Strummer, uh, Clive Barker's in there, mm -hmm. um, Regan. Anybody who knows me and knows what I love, mm -hmm. they can pick things out. And um, I have kind of like a, a dry sense of humor, potty potty sense of humor like in issue three you know Simeon's in the bathroom well I don't know if you notice when he's uh, taking the phone number off the wall yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got yellow boxer briefs with smiley faces on it Here, here's this, the bad guy and, and he's wearing smiley face underwear so it's just like little things I'm trying to throw little things out there that'll just get a chuckle because it's, it's an intense story and, and if, if you think it's where it's now Four, five, and six are going to take you to a darker place. Nice. And um, there's going to be, I mean, it, issue, issue five, I'm going for my Electra moment. You know, when Bullseye, Bullseye yeah. guts her. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted, I told my artist, I said, we have one, one choice in this book. There's one scene we can't blow. And I told him what it was back in issue one. Wow. And I told him, this is how it is. And I've been telling him for, for three years or two years, just this is what I want and this is going to be it. So he's starting to work on it now. And um, he's been, you know, setting it up, but he knows what I want, the angle, everything. And it, it's going to be like, you're going to be like, holy shit. <laughs> so that, that's going to be my, that one moment that I really want to well, just... Remember that when issue five comes yes. out. I'll come back to you. So when you did it, um, initially started as three, three volumes, expanded into six. Was that in the initial three, or did you have the whole story playing out? You just kind of... Oh, no, it, it, was, it was just one through three. Okay. He, and I had ended it. Um, I, I kinda, luckily when he said he wanted it, it was, it was a very easy mm -hmm. fix for me to do it. Um, I just had to do, um, maybe 15 minutes worth of tweaking yep. oh, to, to expand it. And, you know, we, we do have a surprise. There, there is going to be an, an issue zero. Oh, nice. Um, the lost book. <laughs> and, um. Oh. So I, I, seven I don't, issues that I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna reveal what it was, but when we were talking about it on the phone, he was Quentin was talking about how he always wanted to have a book have an issue zero, one of his publications. And I'm like, Oh that's cool. I go, That'd be awesome. He's like, You wanna do one? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Okay, I'm like, This is what I'm gonna do. So I told him and he's like 
when did you come up with that? I'm like, just now. <laughs> he's like, are you kidding? I'm like, no. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. He's like, I love it. So now he's all excited. Nice. And uh, so issue zero will be. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to see that, man. I've... I like Sammy is my boy, big pimp daddy. I did like Sammy. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a cool character, and, I, and the same thing with the uh, sirs. And uh, I could oh, ask the same. That was <laughs> that was like a you sirs. Yeah, that, that kept tripping me out every time. I, I have heard people. I have like people that, who man. come up to me. They'll be at cons, and they'll be like, "I love, I love your book." You, sir, yeah. are doing a good job with it. I'm like, yeah, that's thanks. how you know. That's how you know. Yeah. And then as soon as one of the characters asked, like, why I always did, I was like, I was wondering the same yeah. thing. Yeah. What got me was, like, the simple fact that, like, every man, member of the band's their birthdays were exactly a month apart. Yeah. So, so it was just, like, yeah, on the 28th something, yeah, each consecutive something's month about and, to go down. Mm-hmm. Like, this right. is... Like this. Well, this what is, what day was the show at Club Destiny? October twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah. You guys I pay attention. Get, oh yeah, yeah. good reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually day after the, my birthday, so I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you introduce those characters, I like the first thing I notice. I go back and I'm like, twenty eight, twenty eight. Like weird. I said, that's weird. Everything. And the thing that that it brought to mind right away was um you you have some you, you said horror is is one of your biggest influences and it shows there's like a lot of pretty uh you know conventional and pretty cool um horror tropes in the books um that kind of bring you back and then bring that sense of familiarity again where there's like you know there's uh, some characters that are way too trusting but then there's always that one guy who's like Something else going on here. Yeah. What that? But nobody listens to that one character, and you're just sitting here like, no, listen to that guy, like the entire time. <laughs> and also like the 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 fact that they were all under, uh, they all had to. So I'm trying to like explain this in a better way. But the fact that anytime you deal with any type of demonic situation, there's always a weird convoluted set of rules that has to happen before things can happen and i'm like man why doesn't satan ever make things simple on himself what is with that guy he's having fun because he's the boss and everything is by his rules um the you know it's it's uh definitely um well i don't want to say anymore. <laughs> everything everything has its rules and and I was trying to set up a situation. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. And to get to point A, to point B, to point C, I had to set up certain rules and guidelines. And I made my own hell. Like like Clive Barker has his mm-hmm. Cenobites. I, I have my four demonic friends. I like the, the those de- I like that all the demons are their own they have their own personalities yeah. so they're 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 very much their own characters like that was really cool to me where you didn't just make hell's army and it was like one dude who had a personality and then these trash demons and they all kind of have their own personality they have their own powers they all came obviously from different you know when they first emerged they came from different places I don't want to ruin how that <laughs> happens but um yeah, it's just like uh, me and Maurice were kind of talking about it earlier today at work, and we're like, I could totally see that club scene in a movie. And that was <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the first thing that it brought me back to uh, was, jeez, uh, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, movie, Vampires Club, um, from dusk till dawn. Dust till dawn. I love Selma that movie Hayek. so much, yeah. and that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh my god. From dusk till dawn, get it, Jim. <laughs> it's it, that's a great movie. Um, it, I was shooting for like like each issue. I try to oops, make each issue 
make you want to come back to the next issue. So, you know, the first one ends, and, you know, Simeon's talking to the TV set, and everyone's like, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> then I'm like, like, you notice the TV's off, right? <laughs> the TV's not talking back to him. It's, it's something else. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I noticed that. And then the second one, it ends, you know, after Hell Breaks Loose at the club. Mm-hmm. And, and then the third one ends with um, a new character being introduced. And mm-hmm. look, totally B.A., by yeah, the way. That was, yeah, that, that was, was awesome. I'll tell you, that was, he was the hardest character to come up with. Um, the design. We went through, uh, oh my gosh, Philip and I probably spent a total of about three or four hours on the phone. Wow. And, and just, because I can't draw. So for me to see it in my head, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a explaining it. It was like a cross. I'm like, it's a cross between this, yeah. this, and this. And then he's trying to do it. And then I'm like, nope, that's not it. And I'm like, try a little, you know, make him, make the horns a little smaller and, you know, so it was back and forth, but he he, he nailed it with that. Yeah, that was um, I think that's awesome. my favorite character design out of just all the demons and probably just any well, design in the entire book. Your your boy Simeon, um, <laughs> who, who I'll tell you, like I, I my favorite question is who's your favorite character? Because I like to know, you know, just for future. So when I'm writing, you yeah. know, it helps me. So I'm like, who's your favorite guy? And a lot of people, you know, Simeon, Twitch, Jake, yeah. Dustin. Um, it's, it's a good spread, but Simeon is based on, um, you're going to laugh, it's a cross of Prince. That's why he's wearing purple. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, Carl loves Prince, by the way. Albert, <laughs> Albert Einstein with that, you know, Albert Einstein, Mark Twain-ish look. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then, definitely got a funky look going. ready for this? Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> the original one, the short, the cane. I can see. So he's he actually a said that in the book. They're like, I'm more yeah. Boss Hog. They did call him Boss Hog. So it's it's a meld of of those three characters because I I want Simeon to be like, you look at him and you're kind of like, really? <laughs> and then you see he's he's like really like, he's there. Mm-hmm. He, so it's kind of like, and he is down for the cause. That guy's dedicated. <laughs> Like he, was, he was my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite as well. He's a fun. He's a crazy funky yes, yeah. dude. I had a, I had a blast rating him. Yeah. So, <laughs> all of our birthdays are on the same day, right? That'd be pretty well, scary. Yeah. If it was. Uh, <laughs> no, I, so I don't good. think I want to give Jim that information. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if I'm gonna die, just make sure it's memorable. Yeah. I have to cut this well, short. Well, people will ask me like, "Oh, what do you write?" I'm like. Oh, horror. Oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I like to kill people. Really? Oh, yeah, no one's, no one's getting out alive. That's funny, man. Um, so besides, besides comics, music, what other kind of stuff are you, that, you know, into, you know, inspire you, things like that? Oh, uh, um, well, I, you know, I've got, I've got two kids, which inspire me just to, you know, the, the best thing about this was I told them, I said, you know, I work in retail, you're not going to brag to your friends. I'm like, but now you can say, hey, my dad wrote a book, a comic book, you know, oh, it's yeah. published. Um, yeah, that's cool. But sports, movies, you know, I'm just media. Yeah, main, I, I main see screen. you rocking a lot of Pittsburgh stuff. Um, pirate fans in 77. Wow. Okay. Wow. Through the good years, the bad years, and yeah. now my son is loving the pirates. We just nice. went to Pittsburgh a few months, two months ago. I did see those pictures. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful stadium. And they're so, back. Yes. They're back. You into football, Jim? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our domain right there. Hockey, we, hockey and baseball. Gotcha. Okay. You a Bruins fan? Oh, yeah. Nice. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in rocking the hometown. I, I root for who I like, mm-hmm. not, not who lives in my backyard. I sure. like the Bruins. I like that aggressive. I mean, again, back to the 70s. Very aggressive, hard-checking, 
you know, they have guys with 200 penalty minutes and 20 goals. And, you know, it's like Terry O'Reilly. You know, they were just the big bad Bruins. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, so, And it lucks out for me because they're both black and gold. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's great. At least you're not a Steelers fan. No. So we're good. No. Uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> and, uh, and also, besides Hellion, do you have any other ideas for other series? Uh, you know, yes, I do, actually. Um, I was asked to do a short story for a Hari anthology. Oh, cool. Wow. It was supposed to be an end of the world. Well, it fell through. Um, mm. But I wrote the story. It, it fell through because he wanted an end of the world horror story. So I said, well, what do you want the topic to be? He goes, anything. He's like, I'm looking for new artists, new new authors, old authors, and some you know in between. I'm like, okay. So I wrote this kick-ass story, which I, I, I think it's a kick-ass story. It's about the end of the world, and I, I use my friend the devil. Sure. And go wrong with I come Satan. up I come up with this really what, what I think is is it's it's a, a clutch story, and it, it, he decided that he just wanted to use the zombie apocalypse for the end of the world, uh, and I'm all zombied out, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was like, you know, between zombies, I'm like, you know, it was like I was looking at the, the titles he was doing, and it was like zombies, and then you know airborne pathogen and i'm like you know how about a little creativity so the same old stuff it was like i remember when borders before it shut down i was there one week and i was it was probably about two months before they announced they were closing i was looking at the horror books and i'm like vampires werewolves zombies vampires werewolves <laughs> zombies twilight went somewhere in it <laughs> yeah so i was just kind of like you know twilight you, ruined vampires carl they really did it you need you need something you need different you need life to, to sustain you know like a genre like horror you need something different then we went through that phase you know what you did last summer scary movie yeah yeah let's let's mm-hmm. horror has got to you got to go to that dark place you know Wes Craven uh, just passed, passed away yeah, yeah. rest in peace rest in peace to him yeah speaking of yeah you could and that's he he was great because he could evolve, you know, because he had the, the slashers of the, you know, 80s, all that, and then when he made Scream, he was kind of like making fun of himself, but it was still just awesome and amazing, and, ah, oh, gosh, he was that's so why, good. That's why I want them to make uh, The Dark Tower, because Stephen King did an awesome job. I want them to, to bring that to Hollywood. He was able to weave in and out of several elements of uh, traditional storytelling and kind of turn some of that stuff on its head from just horror, action, mm-hmm. uh, you know, character uh, pieces and, and things like that. Um, some romance thrown in there for good measure. <laughs> like he, he was able to kind of weave all of that stuff in and out in there in a very creative way. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just to your point, it's not the same old thing. And I think that's kind of what makes it hard to adapt to a different medium in the first place. Um, so, I mean, I, I would love for them to, to, to bring that out just because there's a lot of creativity in there for that exact reason that you were just uh, talking about. Yeah, that bubble is going to burst. That zombie and vampire and all of that. Hey, just a little bit of everything. It's all good, baby. We got superheroes. Well, <laughs> you, can see, you can see the vampires are starting. Yeah. And, and the, and the um, werewolves, too, are starting to phase out a little. So, that's, I mean, it's okay to have it once in a while, but you got to have that right mix. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone, you know, a big thing for me is I loved Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2, Mm. but I loved John Carpenter's. And I just say, you know what it is? It's like, what Halloween, what Zombie did was he took 
and modified it. He modernized it. Mm-hmm. He made it like like it, this is. I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a yeah. scene in, when he's yeah. killing the girl in the liquor store, and he is like super like jackhammering her head into the wall. It is like like 11, 12, 13 times, but it's like a like a jackhammer, just like I mean the power and the, the intensity. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Myers would have just in John Carpenter's would have been slow and methodical. You know, he, you know in the hospital he takes the nurse and he puts her head into the the hot the hot um, hot tub yeah. and she's like burning to death and it's like one. Two, three, four, lifts her up. Can she have a little more? And then she's back in there. And it's like so slow. It's like you're sitting there, you're you're feeling the agony, whereas zombies, it's like <gasps> Yeah. You know, it's just it's just that power behind it. So mm-hmm. you know. And if it swap a little back and forth, it probably would have had like a different it was earlier right. on, things like that, for sure. That's cool. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge horror fan myself, but I mean, I, I, I kind of... We'll convert you to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the, my favorite uh, book series is The Dresden Files. Yeah, He does Dresden. a good job of weaving in and out vampires, werewolves. It's not... Just yeah, he, he, switch, it's, it's he switches it up it's a lot, yeah. It, it, it's a different take on all of those different things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I like those a lot. Yeah, that is pretty cool. He... Jim Butcher definitely does weave in and out a lot of different m- mythologies into mm. his books, which mm. is really cool. I like it a lot. Where can everyone, all of our listeners, where can they find Hellion? Uh, well, you can contact Regan. He's my main yep. outsourcer. We'll definitely get this up on the, on the page. And he's in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it through uh, my publisher. Contact me. I, I can tell you where there's shops, various shops in uh, the United States that have them. I'm, I'm proud because there's couple in Washington State where my publish is based out of. There's one in Texas, one in Virginia, a couple in Mass. So I'm scattered, which I'm kind of excited about because it's a small-time indie book. Yeah. yeah. You know, usually these books, you find them at cons mm-hmm. and maybe the, the local one, one shop. Yeah. So oh, I'm cool. kind of proud to have it in other, other stores because it's not in Diamond. You can't order it that way. It's too small. Uh-huh. And their standards of getting a book in and you have to have so many sold and or they kick you out of it, or you know, they don't allow you to do it. So, now, can you go to QEW Publishing's like website and order? Do they ship direct you can contact or anything them like that? that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, QEW Publishing um, is is the publisher of Hellion. It's a really fun story. Uh, we all we all seem to I enjoy it. it yeah. So um, definitely recommend it. Check it out, and that's the reason we have Jim on because yeah. we all really liked it. It's just really cool seeing it from like your perspective, like the. the Small business guy writing the story and the independent story. That's that's really amazing because I, because you think like you said, it's never too late. Never, you get the idea, fine, you get it out there. Well, I'll tell you the, the funny thing is, when I was writing the script, because I'm such a comic geek, I know the last page. The last page has got to be the most important because that's going to make mm-hmm. you want to buy the. Of course. The book. Yeah. Yeah. So when I do the script. I start on the last page oh, okay. nice. and work my way forward because I want to make sure that I don't want to get to like page 20 and be like oh crud <laughs> <laughs> not enough room so I start exactly how I want it to end and then I work my way to the front and it gives me some some leeway that's a cool way to work okay. so, and it helps and, and uh, it, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm doing the script for six now and uh, closing bell yeah, <laughs> the, the the ending the ending will um, 
I'm very proud of the ending. This is a, this is an audio medium, so you don't get to see Jim's face. But you should, he, he looks like a kid who's just so excited right now, and like We're excited he, he's, well, he just has a secret it. that he can't tell you, and it is it is hilarious. We can't we can't wait till December. I'll tell you that right now. We can't. Issue four is is um slow paced because what happened in issue three? We need that. Yep. We need that coming down but it picks up it, it's it's a it's a fast slow pace if that makes sense mm -hmm. you're not going to have the um the action of of the first of the issue two and three it's like a, it's like a issue one again yeah gotcha. you're, like, you're yeah. gonna reset a little bit build yeah, up so. the story a little bit more but right um you, get you will you will find out a lot about um the friend we meet at the end of issue three mm -hmm. I'm very and, yeah i'm very <laughs> i'm very curious and, about um, that one and um just even the names of the demons are all um, I, I used my translator and my computer mm -hmm. for foreign languages. Mm -hmm. I put down things that we as human beings are afraid of. Thunder, lightning, I used Hellion, I used Tsunami. I, anything that was something, I used the word horror, and I took other countries, uh, I used other countries' language. And so each one is from another country, but it means something. So like, um, Bato means thunder. In another thing, okay, so yeah, yeah. just oh, okay. just you know, the uh, Anak Nakal, who's one of the demons, his um, name actually means Hellion. Oh, in, in Indonesian. Well, where did you get? Where did the name come from? Hellion. Yeah. Oh, we just shooting the gun, talking about things, and it just kind of popped up. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really a story with no no name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Hellion just kind of seemed to fit. So, cool. absolutely. Yeah, it definitely does. That's Which is funny. ironic because everything has a purpose, except for really the name. The name, <laughs> the name just kind of came. That's what I was, I was thinking about. I was like, oh, maybe it might use something coming down the road. I'm not sure. And even even the covers, we're going to have six covers. The first two were done by one artist. The next two were done by another. And the next two will be done by another. And there are three styles. Like, the first two are, are very, like, internet-y. Mm -hmm. You know, computer. Like, they have that feel to it. Yeah, for the, sure. The next two are going to have... Issue three and four are going to have a very um, old seventies movies poster look like to that. it. Okay. Oh, okay. And then the the last two will have like a, a painted feel to it. Yeah. So you know, and they're all local artists, so nice. it's it's great working with them. Oh, yeah. Local all the way. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Support your local yeah. artists, Everything. businesses. Great. Just support it all. And you, um, you say because you've always been a comic book guy. What initially got you into them? For since a child. My mom, my mom got me um, Fantastic Four 186. My dad was a Fantastic Four guy too. So, yeah, too. I'll tell you, there's, there's a great story with that. Um, George Perez did the cover, and it's got Salem, Salem Seven on the cover, and it was, it's it's it, they've only been in like two books or three books, mm -hmm. huh. and um, a few years ago I had the pleasure of meeting George Perez at Boston, nice. and someone had my sketchbook, and I was thinking I I can't afford a sketch by George Perez, so I didn't even think to you know. And as the guy's doing my book, um, I'm in line and I find out he's doing sketches for $40. I'm like, oh, I can handle $40. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm talking to my son and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have him do a sketch. The whole time I'm so excited I'm going to get a George Perez sketch. I give him the Fantastic Four book and I ask him to sign that. He did a cover to Logan's Run too, so he signed that for me. Oh, cool. So he's, he's signing the book and I'm asking him for a sketch. He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, who do you want me to draw? And I'm like, I looked at my kid and I'm like, oh. I don't know. The whole time I'm in line, I'm so excited <laughs> about doing this. I didn't think about it. So I said, how about him? And I point to Hydrin, one of the characters. And he's like, 
oh, sure, I'd love to. He goes, can I use the book for reference? I'm like, absolutely. So he starts drawing. He looks at me. He's like, just so you know, I haven't drawn this character since I drew this character. Wow. He's like, you're getting a really one-of-a-kind George <laughs> Perez. I'm like, that's awesome. So that, that was the first book that got me into, awesome. that's cool. into comics. Now, uh, one of the questions that I had, since you're actually in the industry, obviously smaller indie uh, publication and whatnot, but um, what are just your thoughts in general on the comic book industry um, as a whole right now? Um, well, I think Marvel and DC are doing a great job making life easy for the independents. Really? Yeah, I think so. because I think DC is screwing the pooch. <laughs> they're, they're doing such a, a bad job of what they're doing. Um, and I also feel like DC and Marvel, the comics are now secondary to the movies. Yeah. Yes. They're like, yeah. it, like you were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it's almost like Guardians was set up. This team was made for the movie, mm -hmm. because the the original characters were fantastic. You look at them and you're like, this is a comic, yeah, you know, the '70s yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. These guys were awesome. Yep. And you get these guys, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a dog with a helmet, really? A talking <laughs> raccoon, really? Yeah. So I, you know, there's so much disbelief I can have, and so I, I feel like they're making, like even Iron Man, Iron Man's got to have how many suits? Why? Oh, so we can sell toys. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I oh mean, look, there's there's 17 Iron he Man. He did actions. have a lot of suits in the books. Like that's traditionally been right. a thing for him, though. But it, it makes more for the. The movies too, and well, the, yeah. the toys. Yeah. So I feel like the the comics now are, are secondary. Mm -hmm. Well, even with the all new, all different Marvel, I feel like that's setting up like the next wave of movies down the road. Um, that's what's a lot of it. Yeah. They just make Marvel. so much money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like the Ultimates came out, and Nick Fury looked like Samuel Jackson. Oh, and then the movies come out, and oh, it is Samuel <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> it's like wow, what a surprise. Well, wasn't no, the well, the black Nick Fury, wasn't it based on Samuel L. Jackson it was, just yes. for the beginning? Yeah. I believe they used his likeness without yeah. talking to yes, him. They did. And then uh, one of the people actually, uh, one of the guys, I read this recently, where they're interviewing Sam Jackson, they said, oh, you know, hope it's okay that, you know, we use your likeness without you saying it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for the nine pictures, picture deal. Great <laughs> <laughs> for Sam Jackson. Oh, man. But and, uh, yeah, speaking was, of the movies, the, the, yeah, because the, the, I love DC so much, but I, I cannot wrap my head around what they're doing with theirs I still can't it's just it's driving me crazy can't sleep at night <laughs> they, you know the Flash TV show and Arrow I think they're doing a good yeah. job yes yeah. they I are it's so strange yeah. they, they could do such good at one medium and then I'm even going to watch Supergirl I'm going to pass on that I'm, I, just, yeah. I'm just not a fan of Supergirl so yeah, yeah. I mean for, for me there's only so much time in the day that too yeah so, so I, I love Captain Cold mm -hmm. I, you know he's, he's like one of my favorites so you know, he's on the Flash, and I was all excited. And that actor did such a great job mm. with it. And then you got like, you know, Grodd. I love Gorilla Grodd. And That's he my was. Boy. And he did. Have you seen Flash? I haven't seen. I stopped uh, right when they revealed who the Reverse Flash was. So you, so you saw the one with Grodd in it. I, when with Clancy Brown, when Clancy Brown goes, I, I'm pretty sure he, it was after that because uh, it was I, the one I'm talking about was the one where he. Um, like at the end of the of the episode, I don't know why I stopped here because it was like the big reveal where they show who it is. He like goes into the weird chamber yeah. oh, okay, and he's talking right. to the computer and the guy like they have a they 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 basically teased Grodd in the first episode where they show his cage and I'm yes. like, oh man, Gorilla Grodd, that's my boy! <laughs> and they never showed him after that. Well, and then I fell off, so I need to go back and catch it's up. It's awesome. This like this won't ruin anything for anybody. It, it, Clancy Brown gets 
captured, and and he's under Grodd's telekinesis, mm-hmm. and Brown's like, my God, and Grodd goes, I'm sorry, Clancy Brown goes, my God, and Grodd in his deep voice goes, not God, Rod, <laughs> and you're sitting there, and it's like every hair on my yeah. arm is going, I'm like, wow, that was cool, yeah, and he's th- they do awesome. a great job with it, so. I initially, because I just um, I finished season two Netflix for Arrow. As soon as I found out Deathstroke was in it, that is what got me into it immediately. Um, and yeah, they do a really good job with Deathstroke. Yeah, that, and I know you still haven't beaten Batman, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Mm-hmm. One of my disappointments in Batman was Deathstroke not getting his due. I will say that. <laughs> that's all I want to say about that because I know you're still playing it, yes. but yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, I love Teen Titans because he was in it. Yeah. Um, Young Justice. Yeah. That that series is awesome. Yeah. That, that got canceled way too soon. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to now I'm trying to wait for the season two, uh, one of Arrow and season three of I'm sorry season one three of, of Arrow one of Flash to drop at the same time for the DVD so I can watch because then all they have them crossovers and all that so yep. I'm trying to keep it all aligned. Um, and I know the same producer that does those is the one that's doing Supergirl, so I definitely want to check that out. But I'm they not could very... have chosen a better female hero. I mean, I know that Wonder Woman's off limits because of the Zack Snyder movies and everything, but that's the thing. They're, I mean, they're... I'm waiting for Jessica Jones, man. That's my female yeah. hero uh, show about, that I'm, I can't wait for. What about Legends of Tomorrow, the new DC movie, that TV show that's coming out? See, I haven't looked at anything for that because I don't want any spoilers for The Flash until I catch that, up. That looks like that's gonna be real good. Yeah. So there was a and there actually was a semi-spoiler for that and one of the characters that's on there when we were talking to to Randy about it. Oh, yeah. Because stuff that happened at, in the one season of Arrow and then it's like, oh, what are you doing there? Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> so I'll definitely uh, be picking, uh, definitely catching up with Arrow and then Stephen Amell was on in SummerSlam and that was so awesome. He's the man. Uh, was yeah, what great. was your thoughts on that? They do it every once in a while. You get some celebrity in there. Mm. Um, you know, he's in shape, so he <laughs> I guess he, he held it. his own. Yeah, yeah he enjoyed he, it. He, he's Definitely been a fan did. his whole life. So I was actually just listening to Steve Austin on the way over here, and he was talking about it a little bit. And I don't think he realized that he's been a fan forever. I thought he was just another celebrity person, just walking in like, "Oh, I'm gonna promote my stuff." But he didn't really do much. He was all he was all in. Yep, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Some of these guys are. It, it's it's interesting. Yeah, you know, see some of the celebrities in there. We'll be back on for the next uh, wrestling episode. <laughs> That'll be a sure. good time. What the hell? Oh, yeah, so, out of all the movies that are coming out, like all the superhero movies, which one are you looking forward to the most? Doctor Strange. Yeah. Although yeah. I will say, I will say this. I mean, everyone's got a big uh, excitement for Benedict. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't like Cumberbatch. Picture, picture this, okay. When I heard Doctor Strange coming out, the first thing that came to my mind was Johnny Depp, Ninth Gate. Yeah. That's yeah. Doctor Strange. I mean, he's got I, the white hair, the mustache. Like, Ninth Gate, I could, I, I guess I could see that, but Johnny the way he Depp looked. since then? He's, he's just he's been wasting away doing Disney movies. Man. Well, doing, I'm sorry, Pirates. If he, he can't just, do a movie without, a, like, a five tons of makeup anymore. He's stuck, yeah. he's stuck in Captain Sparrow. Yeah, and and he, he, that was his mistake because he had never done up until that point he'd always done one movie and then moved on one mm. movie moved on he never got caught in sequels and now he's doing five and then it, mm. it affected Tonto you know if he had just stayed with that because I mean just look wise just looking at him Night Gate Sleepy Hollow I could see <laughs> now John like no but I am looking forward to Doctor Strange I think it'll be a great movie 
Because they have, they can open a lot of doors. Oh yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, with the way that they treated and brought Ant Man to the screen, yep. Mar- Marvel has a blank check with me again because yep. I did not think they could pull that off. Ant-Man is such a weird, quirky, not super popular not character. Not relevant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And they did such a great job with that that they can totally just, all right, yep, I trust you to do what you need to do right now. But what do you think of uh, the whole Batman-Superman thing? What's your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, like I said before we went on, uh, my issue with Ben Affleck isn't Ben Affleck being Batman. It's Ben oh. Affleck at, at his age... With all these younger people, like it, it's like they're all like in the comics, they're all kind of the same age, you know. Granted, you know, gods and whatever, but mm-hmm. they all look the same age. There's going to be a considerable age difference between them, and I, you know, for for as many movies as Affleck has signed on, unless he's going to be Bruce Wayne the Butler for someone else taking over Batman. <laughs> by the time yeah, he gets to oh his, man, if they bring in Terry McGinnis, I'm losing it. I'm losing <laughs> it. By the time he gets to like the tenth or eleventh movie that he's signed on for, unless. The signing is just to do directing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because so, uh, if you think about um, uh, Tony Stark, Mr. Robert Downey Jr., he's in a, he is in a robot suit, and his first movie came out what ten years ago now. So if, if Ben Affleck is still Batman within ten years, he's gonna be in his mid fifties. I think it's because it's supposed to be more like um, the Dark Knight Returns Batman, yeah. I guess. So he's supposed to be older to be. But in that, Superman's you know everyone's older. Yeah, but I also dynamic. feel like they could, if, if done right now, I don't trust Zack Snyder to do it right, <laughs> but, but I feel like they can have some cool interplay because of that age difference, too. Like, I, I feel like they can use that to kind of uh, have some cool plot devices in there, I suppose. Yeah. I, I also think Black Panther is going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, I think that's that going to be, that's a character that, you know, I think a lot of people know him, mm-hmm. but don't know him. Mm-hmm. They don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a good... Door opener to I a love lot the people. actor that they picked for that. Like Chadwick Boseman Chad is really, really good. I'm really looking forward to uh, Luke Cage the series because yeah, I'm like, like, who could do it? And I just can't. I can't even think of like anybody off the top of my head. Like who could do it? Who could do it? So the surprise of that's gonna is um, something I'm looking forward to and just see how they do it. Michael J. White. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in. He's doing. He's an arrow too. I mean, I, mean, I, know, yeah, they, I know they can cross pollinate. Couple. <laughs> he's only in a couple episodes. Yeah, true. Whatever. Yeah. You look like you had something to say, man. No, I was gonna. When you were talking about Batman, you pretty much said it was what I was gonna say about Affleck being oh. the older, older uh, version of Batman. I think that brings a new dimension to the character we haven't seen really seen before on screen yeah. an older version with all these young bucks mm. and you know he's kind of like mentor type thing yeah he's yeah. gonna be the good off my lawn back <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's something I want to see especially if it's, especially if it's influenced by the Dark Knight Returns version that's something that yeah. I'm really looking forward to now will Zack Snyder mess that up that's the question I will, well, go, you know, I will be having I was, an open mind I will have an open mind yeah I'll say I think uh a lot of people give Zack Snyder grief for a lot for good reason, myself included. Um, I do think, like I said, with uh, I think he knows what he's doing, especially with the upcoming Dawn of Justice film. I think, you know, I, I, I think people will turn around on him ultimately. Hmm. I think I think Man of Steel, he knew what he was doing. He knew how controversial it was going to be, so mm-hmm. he's building off of that. I I am interested. I do like that um, part of the Batman Superman is uh, repercussions. What happened? 
Because I know in a lot of superhero movies, all that destruction. So that, that's another interesting Yeah, that was everybody's doing different big things. complaint. Yeah. And I feel like Which they is... turned that. Or like, I don't know if you had a plan. I don't... Th- Listen, man, I don't trust that Zack Snyder. <laughs> I I do that one. <laughs> well, it's like the Avengers. But he did know? a good job yeah, turning that yeah. around. With, the, with what happened, they, New York City was destroyed, and then everyone's like, every movie after that, they have references to what happened. Yeah, yep. yeah. Now and they're doing pretty this. cool. And yeah. I, I loved, um, I think Superman stinks. I not a hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Just, Welcome the to big, the club, the big new Boy Scout. But I, I, and the part of it was because the movies, it was like, here's this guy who's supposed to be so strong, and he is doing nothing. Um, but in, in Zack Snyder's, when he does what he does to Zod, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's about time. So I was like, how, and everybody I talked to, the Superman fans hate it, but I'm like, why? Do you understand? He was not going to stop. He was just going to kill everybody in his way. And he had two choices. Let him kill everybody and just watch or, or put an end to it. And he put an end to it. Bravo. I, to me, that's mm-hmm. I love that Superman movie just because of that one scene. Yep. <laughs> and plus, it shows that that version of Superman has conviction. So for people complaining about it, it's like, shut up. <laughs> I like that. Shut up. <laughs> I I dug it. I, dug, I thought it was very much out of character. Like that complaint is very valid. It was very much out of character for Superman to do it. But I've been looking for Superman to run up on somebody who can trade blow Thank for you. blow with yeah. him for ages. Where I was down is with it. Doomsday? Thank you. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, one of the comics I was reading recently was... Uh, Darkseid. I want Darkseid. That's who I want. There you go. Um, he's in the, he's, he's weighing. I know he's definitely weighing. But uh, Superman Earth 1. Yep. And then Batman Earth 1. Now with the, in the first Batman Earth 1... One Woman Earth One Vic, I'm sorry it's on hold for right now, but don't worry, it's coming out. <laughs> you get a Teen Titans Earth One. That's kind of like their ultimate universe where it's a different, um, it's different stories and they can kind of start fresh. But it comes out in trade paperbacks every couple of years. So the first Superman Earth One was 2010, mm-hmm. and I remember reading it way back then. And the first one always introduces a new villain, and Superman had another Kryptonian that was in there. So that was actually, and it wasn't Zod, and that was a pretty cool fight, and he he did what he had to do. Yeah, except like, that's fine. When Superman yeah. does what he takes care like of business, fine. I'm cool with that. I really enjoyed that Superman. Uh, the only problem is on the cover. I showed you this. It said this is a mix between Superman and Twilight. And I was like, why would you put it on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> that's it's terrible. a terrible idea. A, it's literally on the cover. It's a terrible idea. Until DC does something besides the Dark Knight that's better than the animated DC stuff, I will. Yeah. I will always just be loyal to Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim is the best. He's the man. I think, uh, especially with that Superman comment, that might be the best way to wrap this up. Because <laughs> that's one of our, our biggest things. You're welcome our, back anytime. Yeah. I don't think we've had one. Well, yeah. Yeah, Superman. Absolutely, Superman. Yeah. It sucks. It's, well, I, like you said, I like the I'll way I'll put they, him in Hellion and I'll kill him. Oh, oh, oh there you go. go. Perfect. Um, I, like, I like the way that Man of Steel portrayed him. Hopefully they keep that going. Although the whole Kevin Costner thing, that was weird. But whatever, Kevin Costner. Um, Costner, what are you talking about? With the uh, conversation, you know, the, the, the school bus... Oh, the dad thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't go in there. Don't Let me save, die, Superman. Don't save everyone. Huh? <laughs> uh, and then the, the, so and the trailer this year uh, for the new movie there, they have Mama Kent saying, uh, save everyone or don't. They don't owe you anything. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a little too much too, too much different, I think. I don't know. I'll, again, I'll go with an open mind. I'll go with an open mind. But um, no emails for this week. Everyone, you know where to get the emails. Uh, CortexBlindPodcast at gmail.com. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me, Carlberg, where can they find us on the social media? Uh, at Twitter, uh, Cortex Prime Cast. Uh, pretty soon, uh, Cortex Prime Podcast uh, Instagram will be coming. Uh, you can email us at Cortex Prime 
podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you read them all. And the Facebook. <laughs> Don't forget about the Facebook. Oh, yeah, the Facebook. Carl, you've been doing work Facebook. on that, man. Going up. Slash codex-prime. Like us. We need those likes. Get it. Yep. Get it. Tell your friends. And uh, another big thank you to our guest, Mr. Jim Savard. Thank you so thank much, you. Hellion. We'll be posting you all on the Facebook. Where can, where can we find you, Jim? Me? I'm on Facebook, too. Uh, Hellion Lives on Facebook and just my regular Jim Savard. Page my regular normal page. We'll be sharing everything where you guys can find the comic book. Actually, Rakuku's collectibles. Cocos. Excuse me. Sorry, I don't know what I've done. What are you doing, man? I crave cocoa puffs. He's hungry. Listen, a professional. Let a professional. Take us home. This episode is brought to you by Rakuku's collectibles at 152 Selwyn Way in Providence, Rhode Island. That's near the Coca-Cola company out here in Providence, guys. Come check it out. Buy lots of stuff. Say what up to Regan. Have a conversation with him. Me and him, we may not always agree <laughs> on the topic of discussion, He'll but I ya. love to talk to him about He'll it. He'll school you. Great conversation, that guy. Check him out. We'll put their information on our Facebook, too. Absolutely. Anybody have any closing thoughts? Oh, Jim, thanks for coming on. It was great thanks having, having you. Me. We really appreciate Good times. it. The episode lived up to everything I thought it, it would be. It was amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> that was, it was great. Thank you so much. So we've been everything waiting for months to have it. Just <laughs> let loose on a good comic book chat, man. I, I came in here and I'm like, Regan, when are you going to let us do this? You know? <laughs> Oops, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said you have to go through the proper channels. And the proper channels was you. Just <laughs> <laughs> Wait, welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Later, nerds. Later. Peace out, everybody. Peace out.